The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Thanks for downloading the Sun Ranto Show, which is brought to you by all of our Patreon subscribers. Uh, find out more at patreon.com slash sunranto about how you can uh, listen early and also ad-free to all of our shows. But uh, this show, this feed that you're listening to, is brought to you by MyBookie, mybookie.ag. Now, I don't know about you guys, but for me, a game is ten times more exciting when you've got money on the line, you know, when when you're invested. Now, sometimes I got a gut feeling about a matchup, and sometimes I'm just betting on my team because they're my team. But regardless, whether you've been betting for years or you're ready to play for the very first time, MyBookie is your best bet this season at MyBookie.ag. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little, win a lot, they've got parlays. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlays are the perfect way to do it because they let you bet multiple games together for a much, much bigger payout. If you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing. Go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. If you really want to support your team this season, uh, don't just sit on the sidelines. Get in the game with mybookie.ag. And if you join now, mybookie is going to double your first deposit. Double. Use promo code CHAIR. It activates the offer. That's promo code C-H-A-I-R to double your cash. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Now, here is the Sun Ranto Show, you cheapskate that's not a Patreon subscriber. Covey blue blood flowing through our veins, sitting in the bleachers in the rain. We've shed a million tears and drank as many old-style beers out at the game. Let's go, Covey, Sun Ranto. Michael Cotton. Sun Ranto. Michael Cotton. Sun Ranto and the lovable. That's it. It's too. It's too <laughs> short. I didn't. I didn't even get to think of what I was going to say. That was, uh, you know, somewhat humorous and uh, maybe deprecating to you uh, after you said it. Well, that went too fast. So, uh, hey, everybody, welcome to the Sunranto Show. That's uh, where I'm at. <laughs> you, you, blew, you blew Happy your wad. Martin Luther King Jr. Day, where yeah. white people are marching the streets with weapons. And uh, and apparently off of work because uh, we're doing this about one thirty eight in the afternoon, so a uh, little extra time. I I had a surprise day off today, so it gives it. And so instead of uh, writing about um, you know uh, Taylor Swift uh, and uh, something she said to Justin Bieber, apparently she kicked her out of him out of her gym. Instead of writing about that, I got to sit around and uh, write about what I felt about Cubs convention. That happened this past week. And welcome to the Sun Ranto Show. I'm Danny Rock. And of course, we have the. We already heard from saying Sun Ranto real fast. How are you? Yes, that's me. I'm uh, I can't complain too much, but I will. Well, save it because because <laughs> first I want to introduce Mr. Creepy Crawly with 
with no voice and uh, straight from Cubs convention, probably a little banged up, as am I. How are you? I felt better, um, you know. <laughs> it's one of the. <laughs> that was awesome. It couldn't be. Your voice couldn't have said more. Uh, I'm I'm 43 years old, and I've been doing this for 20 straight years. And I keep saying, I don't know how much longer my body's gonna keep being able to go on. You know, I think from between Friday through Sunday, I I got a total of six hours sleep. So, mm. uh, my brother. Uh, gets worried when i go to this thing he checks in on me and uh we have this like family app where we can make sure you know we see where each other are you know if you know all this stuff and he's looking at the app and it looks like i'm in the chicago river (laughs) (laughs) well one of these years you probably will be and so he definitely called and he's like i just want to make sure you're not at the bottom of the chicago river well i I mean what are you gonna do pick up the phone in the river <laughs> you know what I mean? Hey, I'm just checking to see if you're in the river, and you're like, "Oh, yep, totally, I am in the river." Like he had, he had a good he had a good laugh at it when he looked at to see my location, and there I am in the Chicago River. Well, or imagine if that's what saves Crawley's life. Like he's passed out, floating in the river, and his phone goes off, and he's like, "Oh shit, I am here." <laughs> I must swims have, out. I must have fallen in waiting for a Glendon Rush autograph. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, well, I had a, I had a great weekend. I saw a lot of great people. I know you did too. And, uh, especially want to thank everybody for coming to the unconventional. We really had a great time out there. We raised 600 bucks, which is like just over two months of our rehearsal space rent for the bleacher bum band. So I really thank you everybody that um, bought a calendar that showed up that bought a raffle ticket. You know, I, I mean, it just it means a lot, you know. We're a bunch of poor musicians, and uh, you're you're helping us produce this album, and I really really appreciate it. And speaking of the calendars, they're all in the mail. Um, well, they're not in the mail. They'll all be in the mail tomorrow because I forgot it was Martin Luther King Day, and I had a surprise day off. But uh, the post offices aren't open. I got them all pack- packaged up, and Michael's yours is in this next batch that's going out. A bunch of people have already gotten the first batch of stuff that was going out, and um, I don't know. There's like this. I sold more than ever. This year, but unfortunately, I didn't make any more money off of it for the Bleach Bum Band album because I uh, got a little greedy and just like printed up a shitload so I could make 69 of them. And um, I got I got a bunch left. And also, I, I wanted people to have them. So I bought I bought a bunch to like give to like Michael Cerami and Louis. So basically, I spent all the profits on <laughs> giving away calendars for free. <laughs> so I'm, this is why I'm in my predicament. I am financially. This, in my this life, is though. why you are not uh, on the Tom Ricketts staff. <laughs> exactly. He'll be like, it's like, what'd you do with all those tickets? <laughs> well, I gave them to my friends. <laughs> right. They wanted, See, where, they whereas, wanted them. Yeah. Whereas they're always like, no, we're going to keep all the money for ourselves. We're not going to give anything to anybody else. You're like, well, I'm I'll like, just give away all these things that I'm trying to sell. I'll just give them away for free. Well, that's a, I mean, it's a profit, but I don't really care about profit. Like, I'd rather just have everybody have the calendar and enjoy each other. <laughs> like, for me, that's worth more than money. You know what I mean? I don't know. It just, that's how my I, grade works. I would also like to enjoy each other. <laughs> uh, and I wouldn't want to pay for it either. You're a married man. You're not allowed <laughs> to enjoy other people. Oh damn it! Neither, See? None of us are. This is a yeah. this is a married man show. Um. So uh, anyway, thanks for everybody coming to the. I had a great time, and I loved seeing so many of you that I haven't met before. 
and um, it, it, coming out and just supporting. It was I had a great time. But I do have a few more calendars. If if you guys want one, <laughs> you can buy one. And um, they're on uh, they're at sunranter dot com slash swag. And uh, they start in February, so I'm not trying to like sell you some bomb ass calendar that you know is already a month you know too too uh, late. So starting. okay, they start in February. Yeah. Then when do they, where do they go? Oh, is it a All Chinese calendar? I don't know. Do the the Chinese-, Chinese New Year is when it starts. No, it starts January 1st and ends February, uh, January 30, 30th, 31st. I don't know how many days January has. I'm about to find out, though, in 10, or, in, in 10 or 11 days. All you have to do is flip to the last page of the calendar because that's January. Yep. Yep. That's so, how you do it. And um, also, I, I want to say we had – I want to thank uh, uh, everybody that was on the uh, unconventional panel the Ranters Roundtable. We had Sarah and Andy from Cup of Cubby Blue, Michael Cerami, who I do Outside the Ivy with, and um, also we had uh, Joe Kilgallen, a uh, comedian, oh, wait. very Mark funny. Mark never announced you, Michael, and Louis. Louis. Is it Louis or Louis? No, we're not going to be on Marquee. We're going to maybe be on NBC Sports again. Okay, you still maybe. So they didn't buy you guys. No. Oh man! Okay. No. There, there's there's no connection with what Danny did and with Marquee. They're two None. totally different entities. So oh, they're going to be. Yeah, but you know what? They were announcing lots of people. I was just waiting. I was hoping. Technically, I... Danny's the competition. Yeah, <laughs> and I know. But you know how I like being the competition. Yeah, I'm going to play this up. If they let me back on that TV show, me and Marquee are straight enemies from here on in mark my words we are not going to get along i will never work for that network unless they, the unless they offer me a job in which they case are I not work just a friend no yes no that's a it's a fucking biz marquee reference they yeah. say we're just a friend oh yeah. baby you that you're not well. on marquee <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, thank you guys for participating in that. Um, I'm going to release the audio of that as soon as Corey Finneran sends it to me. So, Or just listen to his feed of it. He probably puts it out too. Um, and thanks to Ivy Envy for throwing the event with me and helping promote it and helping me host the night and everything. We had a great time. I got a, uh, a great – I got a, a kick-ass – you know how Roddy Woo Woo wears that batting helmet, the hard one? Yes. Well, I got one even better than his because his was actually a nacho helmet, I think. Mine – is one of the the 1060 project hard hats but it's blue oh. and it's got like a a cubs logo on it that's raised it's not just like painted on there like bullshit it's like the you know the real it's like got got a logo stuck on it i think tom ricketts actually wore it yeah that that's like uh their helmets have that too it's like a it's like a uh is it a decal like almost like what you would get sewn onto your Shirt, right? Yeah, but it's or somehow on, like on the yeah, but it's somehow on the plastic. So, but it's glued onto the plastic. I think the Cubs. I read somewhere that that was one of the weird things about the Cubs uniforms is that's how they do their batting helmets as well. Well, that's what, how they did their hard hat for the ten sixty thing that they gave yeah, away. Which I is be- how remember when what's his name his Cubs C got turned sideways? Yeah. No, they they let them go until the, you know they have superstitions about their helmets, so they just let them go till they're all nasty and a completely different color than what they once were. Yeah. So anyway, I had a great time. Thanks for everybody for coming, and um, I just want to say before we get started, 
Today's a big day in birthdays of the Ranters. Today is John Baker's birthday at Man Beowulf. Happy birthday, backup catcher got the win. And it's also Jose Orlando down in Puerto Rico, famous ranter. Uh, it's his birthday, and it's Kevin Ashworth's wife's Bexy's birthday, too. And we just happen to be recording. And yeah. it's Martin Luther King Day. Lots lots going on. So Happy birthday, John. So let's say John does not listen to this show. Thank God he would never do John Baker Day again. No, he really wouldn't. Yeah. So let's I, I want to just start with with pretty much how Cubs convention started with this uh, kind of sound drop. Let's give it a listen. The Marquee Network. What do you have against the Marquee Network? Believe me, you won't be booing about that in a year. You guys won't, you won't be booing about the Marquee Network in one year. Seriously, I want to mainline it. I want yeah. to mainline it into my veins. <laughs> it's so good. But, I mean, th- this is opening ceremonies. This is the first uh, thing that happens. Tom Ricketts walks out of the stage. Carly, you're in the front row. So you got the boos are coming from behind you and in front of me. Um, from the, we all saw the video that was been tweeted out about uh, Tom Ricketts reaction. Being that close, Crawley, did it seem like he was shocked? Could you see the tears rolling down his face? Well, it was it was kind of interesting because uh, the loudest booters were the guys I know. They are uh, Fowler's Howlers, if you know them on Twitter. I don't, and uh, so they were. I could hear the, their individual voices even in that sound clip. I kind of laughed a little bit. <laughs> um, but you know, he comes out and he actually came out. You know, I, I was. I was kind of listening to hear if I would hear booze when he came out originally because that clip that you're playing about the marquee came like, you know, a couple minutes into his uh, sure. his usual speech. And I think he was kind of shocked because I think if you were expecting booze, maybe a little bit as he came in, but just that reaction. I mean, I was I was shocked too a little bit because, you know, it's um, I think I think more of it was just the sense of frustration over the fact that this is not yet done. And the, and the fact that many people like myself will not be able to watch the Cubs if this is the same if the stalemate is still happening by the time we get the launch date is two twenty two. And uh, they're, you know, the home opener is obviously the one you don't want to miss. If I can't see spring training games this season, I'm not going to cry. But if all of a sudden, you know, I can't watch Cubs games when the regular season starts, that's going to be a problem. So I think, you know, there was a little bit of shock in that because you didn't expect that type of reaction. At least I didn't either. And I know he didn't. And it's kind of funny because the way that it's all set up, it almost seemed like he was the heel of a wrestling show. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. Like the bad guy in professional wrestling. Uh, kind of, yeah, I was kind of surprised about the booze just because I didn't think people would have the nuts to really do it. You know? Well, listen again. The Marquee Network. Oh, yeah. They do it. And I loved it. The Marquee Network. <laughs> I'm just getting in my maids. <laughs> well, here's, here's the thing that gets me, though, is he's like, what do you got against the Marquee Network? Where the fuck has Tom Ricketts been for the last year? Like, ever since this... I mean, it's not like it's one thing. Lots of people have lots of problems with Marquee. I think the overarching main one is what Carly's talking about. The fact that in Chicago, there are millions it's- of people that wouldn't even get to watch the damn thing. I got to go to the Crane Kenny meeting on Saturday morning. It was asked, do you know how many subscribers it 
you know, that uh, Xfinity slash Comcast or whatever they call themselves, it, how many subscribers that is. Crane Kenny said half. It is half the people in Chicago. Yeah, and Chicago has like 7 million people, something yeah. like that, so, 9 so million. So we're talking about like I believe the third largest market that the majority will not be able to watch Cubs baseball. Yeah, So, and that's what happened to the Dodgers. And they said, you know, I don't want to skip too far forward into Crane Kenny, but like it, Crane said that they really don't want a Dodgers situation and they have – Oh, they have settled with RCN. They have settled with a bunch of smaller uh, cable companies. Cox, I guess, is big in some areas or something. And uh, a bunch of ones I never heard of. But, you know, if you live in, like, Indiana. Like, like shit you haven't heard of since, like, the early 90s. Yeah, like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> the wow network. I'm like, oh, is that still a thing? Do they still offer dial-up? <laughs> right. Um, yeah, you know, like, um, uh, but, no, they uh, – if I lost my train of thought. Oh, yeah, they've got a bunch done. They don't have half of it done, but they say that they're offering Xfinity the exact same pricing as those other smaller companies. I don't know. I mean, we're not privy to whether that's the truth or not, but that's what they said. It's really hard to believe them. I mean, that's the thing that's making me sad these days because, like, I don't put it past anybody to stand up on that stage or like stand right across the desk from me and lie to my face or at least uh, spin it in the way they want me to think about it, you know? Right. No, that's, I mean, that's business as usual. Yeah. But I it's, think it's, at this point. Yeah. I think so. But, um, I, well, well, all those people were booing. I was standing in the way back and you cannot hear me on that clip um, yelling, make it rain, Tom, make it rain. <laughs> but, Nobody could hear that. I, I, Crawley, this is the first year I have not snuck up by you. No, I did not. I saw you uh, after opening ceremonies, and yeah. I did get my ranter's calendar at that time. Yeah, I get, that's because I showed up about 30 seconds before it started. <laughs> so, like, I was, a, I was, a, I'm usually there, you know, pretty early just hanging out, but not this time. But yeah, it was kind of dark. I mean, that opening ceremonies, I mean, they, what they do is they announce all the players, right? And, you know, you're, Rizzo's and your Haywards and your Javi's come out and everybody likes it, but it didn't it feel muted. I mean, because you, you got a lot of you got your Dan Winklers out there too. Some of the new guys that people don't know, some minor league guys um, that didn't get a lot. You know, they people are like, who, who, who? As it's like this, they keep parading through. I mean, did you feel it to be less? I don't know, hyped. Well, I, th I think in years past you had a lot more prime players. Do you get what I'm saying? Like you said, there, there's a lot of new guys that, you know, uh, a lot of people don't know. And so they, they kind of start off alumni, different alum. Uh, they start with the announcers, the TV radio broadcasters, then they go into the older players and they go to the newer players and they usually finish up with the uh, hall of famers. Uh, um, you know, this time there's just the best way to do it in my opinion is kind of to, to start with the minor leaguers or kind of some of the newer guys and then build up because it creates like a, like a roller coaster effect because you may have like a huge ovation for uh, Miguel Montero or Kerry Wood. And then later on you have someone like Jaleel Cotton who no one cares about. Yeah. And, and they do it alphabetically, I think. Right. That's kind of how it works. It's so, yeah. it's, I mean, I mean, it's alphabetical within their category. So like Correct. W when they get so Alzali was before Almora, for example, <laughs> you know, and then Chris Bryant 
was there. That actually wouldn't make any sense, Danny. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, they they they, they kind of, <laughs> that's that's not how the I mean Al Mora went before whatever. <laughs> and then came Alec Mills, because his name starts with A. First name. Anyway. So go ahead, Carly. What were we gonna say? I think no, I think they kind of build it up a certain way where they keep I'm trying I don't think it's all alphabetical. I'm gonna have to double check right now. My brain's still a little fried, but Yeah, I I think they, they go alumni that like that aren't the Hall of Famers. Then they, that's alphabetical because John Baker was always in the beginning. Possibly they do the Cubs in a different. It doesn't really matter, but I'm just saying that the freaking vibe was muted. Then of course the other thing have- is yeah, because they brought KB in late. The other thing that really kind of was interesting was um, there was a lot of players missing this year that are normally there, like John Baker and Rick Sutcliffe and Randy Huntley. Those guys that are fan favorites too. Yeah, there were. It was a little lighter. There were a few more minor leaguers that were there, but Hey, you know, I think those guys actually might be on the major league team next year. So uh, maybe it, it really wasn't minor leaguers, but um, I didn't just overall, I felt like that the, the, I was joking all weekend that after all the team that we, is on the 40 man, cause it's all 40 man guys that they announced on the team after the 40 man uh, was announced, the guys that were there anyway, that the the crowd probably felt worse about their team's prospects this coming year than they did before they announced the team. And people were like, wait, who's on this team? You know, uh, C.D. Pelham, who's that? You know, I think there was a lot of who's that out there for, for your, I don't know, fans that aren't paying attention to the Cubs split minor league deals that they've been doing all winter. Yeah. So, um but yeah, Chris Bryant was uh, limiting his. Uh, he usually comes out. All the players, you know, do high do high fives with the front couple rows, which is usually kids. Um, this year, Chris Bryant was only doing fist bumps because he's sick. He was sick, and then um, people were saying that he was um, faking so that he wouldn't uh, have to do a Cubs convention. And then his wife got really pissed off and said. I'm sick too, and you got to be kidding me. He loves Cubs convention, blah, blah, blah. And then I'm like, yeah, of course he's really sick. But, you know, then I got to thinking, I'm like, man, Chris Bryant's always, it's always something wrong with him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, it's my shoulder, it's my knee, I got the flu. You know, it's just. I'm yeah, like, I remember we had a lot of the rumors about his early flu games. Yeah, remember? And, and we were making fun of him that he was getting drunk. Yeah. But he was always sick. So let me kind of – this is uh, Cubspiracy, Michael. I know how much you enjoy Ooh, Cubspiracies. 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 So I'm taking a look here, and just so you know, I have the program right in front of me from the weekend, and I'm looking at – you know, and it says appearing this weekend. And so this is obviously clearly printed days before Cubs convention. I would probably say th- at least four to five days before the convention. Would that be accurate? I mean, they yeah. have to get them to the convention. They put them in these bags, all this stuff. So it's not done last, last minute. I'm looking here. Tony Kemp says appearing this weekend, right? He wasn't and obviously there. He, he wasn't there clearly on the team anymore, traded to Oakland. Um, but here's the thing. Chris Bryant is one of your marquee players, if not the marquee. You, you know, you can argue between him and Baez and Rizzo, and Rizzo but whatever. Wilson. But I'm taking a look at the list of the different events on the schedule. And, you know, it starts with the baseball operations, goes to David Ross, but then it goes to Cubs talk. Victor Carasini, Wilson Contreras, Kyle Hendricks, Jose Quintana, and Kyle Ryan. Then it went to business ops. 
Then it went to the kids only press conference, which is always the biggest fan favorite listed here. Javi Baez, Jason Hayward, Kyle Schwarber and Rizzo. Welcome back, which were players that are coming back. And then, you know, off the field, Elmora Bodie Happ and Horner and Tony Kemp will all be stopping by. Here's the thing. How is it that off, you're off? Does that mean they're not going to be on the field this year? <laughs> you're saying, <laughs> you're saying Bryant, Bryant wasn't scheduled for any of this anyway. He was scheduled for not one single event where he would be in front of a microphone. The face of the freaking franchise. Ah, so you're saying that this was a pl- that maybe it was a fake sickness. I, I'm not saying it wasn't a fake sickness or he's not sick. All I know for a fact is that he wasn't going to be in front of a microphone. There was going to be no. Right. Regardless of whether he felt like a million bucks or not, you weren't going to see him pass that first thing. There was going to be nobody. They were, he had, there was nobody that was going to ask him a question on a microphone is what I was going to say. Yeah. Um, I would feel like that kid's questions one would be perfect for KB because he could just sit and talk about Disney movies with these little tykes <laughs> for like hours. Right. And in, with that one, only kids can ask questions. So you're not, you know, most of the time you're not going to get of, do you think. Ooh, we haven't had one of those in a while. I think we might have just. So they didn't have him listed for anything else because they literally are that close to trading him. <laughs> They're just like, just, no, he might not be there. We can't put him in the fucking, you know. I just don't think they wanted him on sound clips. And here's where I. No, here's I don't where think it's a, so either because he said St. Louis is boring and. Uh, that, and got that, everybody in hot water last year. Exactly. Now, Chris, Chris Bryant not being there also caused kind of a difficult situation. I know not everybody's going to shed tears, but uh, stage A, that you have these vouchers that you win when you get there. They're scratch-offs. And most of the time, it'll say, congratulations, you won 20% off the Cub store with $50 worth of purchase, blah, blah, blah. But when, if you get a guy, it'll say, okay, stage A, 10 a.m., be there. And that's a voucher that you automatically get an autograph from one of these guys. And so there's a you're going to laugh here so I'll, I'll I'll let you laugh. There's a huge black market on these vouchers at Cubs convention. And people kind of, and the other thing is the meet and greet for $300 there's a meet and greet and people start lining up Thursday, spend the complete night and then in, uh, spend the night there and then Friday at 1 they open it up and you kind of there there's there's these papers where you sign whose autograph you want to get. So for $300 you get two autographs and two pictures. Okay? Some of the vouchers, and I, I helped somebody sell one as a, a, a friend of mine who he said, hey, you know anyone who wants to buy it for 350 bucks, And someone bought that voucher for $350. For Chris Bryant, who wasn't there. So he did not do his autograph signing, and he did not do the meet and greets. So there's a lot of people that either A, spent all night waiting for him, or B, spent a shit ton of money to get him, and they were out of luck on that. Oh, man. Yeah, he didn't make. Oh, Danny, isn't it good that we just don't care that much about shit like that? <laughs> yeah, I know it, it really is f- quite freeing. But it- I could not imagine sitting there since like Thursday night. Like Crawley, I saw your pictures of people sleeping in chairs and shit, and I was just like, "Oh, it looks like like the worst night at the airport ever." They they start they start lining up in the afternoon and they got their chairs and arguments break out over well he's not allowed to let that many people in in front of me and uh, their sleeping bags some people are already starting to booze it up uh, yeah and then basically everybody's just crashing everywhere by a certain point point. Um, and where, where did the, does everybody sleep outside 
No, 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 no. It's in the hotel. There, it's it's kind of by this one uh, lobby area, not the main lobby, but off to the to the side, and it lines up and it kind of winds all the way around. You know, Danny, where the Pepsi stuff is, like the where they yeah. put the boxes and spell it out, goes all the way there, almost to the radio booth. It snakes around. It's crazy. Imagine so that what- you're staying at that hotel though the night before, and you're there on business, and then all of a sudden it looks like the your whole place was taken over with freaking transients. <laughs> well, I was just thinking if if you're a homeless person in Chicago, man, you you need to be clocking when the Cubs con is coming. Exactly, you just go sleep <laughs> you got, with those you got people. A good night sleep that exactly. night. Exactly, you'll be in swank ass hotel lobby for the evening. <laughs> <laughs> At least you'll be warm. Um. So anyway, yeah, KB's sick. I'm just saying this happens a lot. You know, I give KB a lot of shit on this show, but I, he really does feel like he's he's made a glass and. You know, I did hear this weekend that um, he particularly does not like people joking about him. I heard this. Well, I mean, nobody Nobody likes that. Nobody likes it. But he's particularly sensitive about it. He's probably particularly sensitive about it because he's the fucking golden boy. Yep. He has never had anybody say bad shit about him. Really, unless... Damn it! You get, we we got Max Headroom on the line. They were like the the fucking like you know who he would consider the dweebs shit like that at school, and he wouldn't give a fuck about anyway. Yeah, you were Max Headrooming for a moment, but yes, oh, sorry, but no, no, it was actually quite entertaining. I think you all know what I was saying. Yeah, I did. Um, yeah, poor Chris, but I, I hope it, heal up, get well soon, KB. Poor Chris, again. is that the new song? Poor the country, Chris, country and western get song. Well soon. All right, so Crawley, uh, you asked you asked a question to uh, Theo Epstein and Jed Hoyer at the management session. And, did uh, you get booed? I did not get booed. Oh, okay. So you actually, I got applauded. Yeah. yeah <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, so you're one up on Ricketts. Oh, <laughs> we're yeah. gonna we're gonna do a contest. Yeah. Well, so far, what Crawley won, Ricketts nothing, because yeah. Ricketts got this. The Marquee Network. God, I love it so much. <laughs> All right. Here's Carly. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, guys. Um, one thing I was going to tell you is that when Tom Lucas first bought the team and then you guys came along later, there was a lot of transparency. You guys were 100% honest with us the first, you know, all this time, and I kind of feel like you got away from that. I know Tom Lucas, you say, is very accessible, but he's not here. He's not answering to the fans here. You guys are here, and I just kind of feel like that's missing a little bit, and I'm just hoping that that comes back. My question for you guys is, you guys have always been um, looking for the next edge. And I know you're doing a lot of stuff with the analytics and the driveline and all that stuff. But a lot of us believe that if you paid minor leaguers a livable wage, something where they're not in poverty level, they could focus on baseball more and they could do better. Has there been any talk or discussion by you guys about actually paying these guys, not millions of dollars, but maybe thirty, forty thousand dollars so they can just kind of live and, and work on their craft of baseball instead of having to focus on other things? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, that is a great question, Crawley. Good job. Um, by the way, somebody – I'm going to pause it real quick because uh, P. George has commented on your – this is all from your Periscope feed. And P. George, I don't know if you saw this, Crawley, but <laughs> called you Snowflake Crawley. <laughs> <laughs> what the- 
<laughs> so I guess it's Rickett Crawley won, Ricketts won, I guess. Maybe yeah, that's one of Ricketts' exactly. burners. You, you got booed by one guy, though, whereas Ricketts got booed by... The Marquee Network. <laughs> Multiple people. Yeah, you got booed by, the, by a guy who doesn't like you advocating for other people. And, and honestly, guys, that wasn't just my question. That was all of us here because sure. we've all had this discussion before. Oh, yeah. No, I – when you – I didn't know what the question was going to be. I hadn't heard that yet. But when you started in on the minor leaguers, I was like, oh, I'm really – like I was sitting here thinking, I'm really glad he asked this question because that's and, a great question. And framing it that, uh, as far as a market inefficiency, be like, hey, you pay these guys more, you're going to get better players, you're going to get better results. But here, let's yeah. listen to three. Because that's always been the, the conversation we've had on this podcast yep. is it that, that – would literally help these guys just not have to go be remember uh what was the dude that was the school teacher in the off season oh uh bobby scales uh, uh bobby scales he had a real good like last half of a bobby scale i mean yeah. and bobby scales had been in the minor leagues for like you know 15 years or some shit like had he not been you know teaching like running the projectors at schools hall of fame career time. hall of fame career no doubt yeah, he might yeah eh. he, he might have at least bounced around the mlb a little well let's listen to theo's answer to crawley's question here really a, a ridiculously low wage if you, if you break it down to how many hours they're they're spending if you count travel and everything it's getting shot like below minimum wage it's just absurd and um Toronto, I think, to their credit, took a, a great progressive step last year and essentially doubled the pay for their minor league players. Um, this out of fairness and also out of self-interest, too, to, to give their players a little bit more security, uh, a little bit more comfort. They could feed themselves a little bit better, take care of themselves a little bit better. It was um, really, I think, something that was bold because everyone in Major League Baseball essentially paid the same rate. They just decided to voluntarily double it. And, I can tell you that that got our attention. It got Tom's attention. And stay tuned because it's something that's important to Tom and uh, we are working on it. So I just keep your ear to the ground about, you know, a, a change in policy for, for the Cubs as well. Because I, we, we agree with you. It's uh, it's not fair with their pay. Yeah, I, I, would, I would add that one thing. I'm being totally right, but also this James Ben, you know, I'm sure we spent more than any other team on making sure our guys are eating exceptionally well all the time. So you know, nutrition in the minor leagues has been a major focus for us, making sure these guys are, are getting, you know, not, not only enough food, but, but great food. And we have, you know, with high nutritionists at every single level, we, you know, the, the, we've blown through the budgets like, like crazy trying to make sure of that. So um, I do feel like our, our care of our minor leagues. He just said that we've blown through the budgets feeding them, didn't he? He did. Yeah. Right. And, and what he said is he also talked about how he makes sure they're well fed, but what he doesn't add to that is he's talking about during the season. Yeah. There's yeah. nine <laughs> months out of the year or longer than that, that, that they are not with the team and they're eating ramen noodles. <laughs> mm -hmm. Unless and, they were bonus babies. Yeah. And I love that, you know, uh, Theo talked about Toronto doubling their pay. Yes, Toronto did do that, and that is a step in the right direction. But let's, you know, some of these guys in Toronto's organization says right here on this uh, Canadian something website, sports website, uh, they were making as little as eleven hundred dollars a month. Yeah, so that's what say. So if you jump that dude to twenty two hundred a month, 
Great job. Fucking well done, asshole. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it's like 8000 bucks a year. Then you get sixteen. You, you know, you're poor in a different way. <laughs> you're less poor. Yeah, you're. You, I mean, and, and that's what I'm trying to say. Like, but, it's great. I love that they're moving in that direction. But what I hate is the idea that, oh, they did it. They doubled it. Like, they're the fucking best. It's like, no, you, you went from, like, literally no chance to live to mostly no chance to live. Like, you still can't not have another job in your off season under what they're paying them. Right. You're still considered to be in poverty rate. Yeah. Right. Which, which means that only the kids who have parents who have money can really afford to be the minor leaguers. Yeah. That's true. At least in the U.S. I mean, it's a little bit different if you're, you know, in the South American leagues and stuff like that. But, well, Carl, you, know, you put it the right, you know, 30,000, you know, 25, 30,000, pay them that much. And you can actually uh, have a uh, – you can afford decent food and uh, a roof over your head where you can get a good night's sleep uh, for that amount of money. Um, any less than that, it, it's going to be kind of difficult in the yeah, United you, States. Because you, it, it's tough to do on your own, but these are teammates. You get your twenty five grand, and you get your teammates twenty five grand, and you got, guys go in on, on an apartment, which they're already having to do anyway, right? But at least – now they can afford something better and have, you know, something good in their apartment. Well, you, but we all know what they're going to spend it on. They're going to oh, yeah. go Big get TV Xboxes and, and yeah, the TV <laughs> and fucking beer and women. That's what's yeah. going to take all the money. But, hey, I don't care. It's their money. Give it to them. <laughs> I mean, they could always do it like the military does it. And they, they pay them jack shit, but they... You know, they have a cafeteria and they have barracks, right? If they fucking just did that in some podunk town in the middle of nowhere, you know, and they had, you know, every, they all lived in an apartment building and then they just went downstairs and they ate their meals there, you know, then they could, you know, be like, oh, well, yeah, we're only paying you five grand, but all this other stuff. Your food, your housing. To, yeah. Yeah. Because they would always tell us in the military. And this is in the 90s, so I'm sure things have changed. I hope things have changed. But they would always tell us, like, oh, your benefits package is, like, $35,000. And I was always like, huh, that that's weird because I never have any money. <laughs> like, I'm always broke. Yeah, isn't but, that a benefit? Yeah. Um, so, so, so Crawley, you, you went to all these sessions, so I don't know if you – You've got like some bullet points here that I know you want to get to. Um, and especially I want to talk about this a little bit because, you know, Theo is so assuaging in how he responds to fans because unlike Tom Ricketts, who's shocked that we boo his new little pet <laughs> network. He, the, is, he is fucking just not connected, is he? No. But Theo, on the other hand, he seemed to be a little bit more understanding about um, the fans' frustrations. Uh, did, would you s say that's a fair assessment? 
Danny, here's the thing. I wish Theo Epstein would run for president because he just has that, you know, you, we all grew up in the 90s and you remember somehow Bill Clinton would always do the Smooth. I feel your pain. Yeah. Like, and you believed him, you know what I mean? Even though the guy was way wealthier than most people and all this stuff. But Theo just has this way of speaking that just all of a sudden you forget that you're even angry. And he sounds reasonable. And, and, and he's just, like you said, connected. You know, and he can. And it, I don't know if he was on the debate team at what is it, Harvard? I, I don't know if he's on any of that stuff. Well, he was a lawyer. He he just has his ways of turning things around and kind of using what you said, and then kind of using it back the other way. It's just fantastic. I think he could beat Trump in an election. Well, I really what, do. Wasn't wasn't Theo a law student prior uh, yeah, to he was a law student at Harvard? Yeah, yeah. So he was probably. He, you're probably right. He probably was in debate. He was probably in these different things that taught him to be persuasive. And well, stuff. and Jed is kind of the same way. You know, they've got it and they're not even good cop, bad cop. They're like sensible cop, sensible cop. And <laughs> J- Jed is Jed. You know, you know, people are like you did nothing this winter. And Jed's like, it's been our most active winter so far. We've right. got a hit so lab, that, 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 a pitch lab. We got- they said the same thing last year. Remember that? Yeah. Um, well, what within. ends up happening is he I mean, basically right away, Theo acknowledges the elephant in the room, which was the frustration over lack of moves. And, you know, he gets that. And that's where they are talking talking about the continuation of uh, doing a lot more things behind the scenes. And that's where that quote comes from Jed about this being our most active winter. But he's saying that the moves have to do with player development, scouting changes, you know, the, the new scouting director, the hitting and pitch lab, um, the yeah, hiring of a lot of the new coaching staff. Uh, shoot. I, sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. That was your, uh, your periscope again. Uh, revamping scouting and player development. And, and like I said, easy, they, what they're kind of focusing, at, like they said, is uh, on the next few years that the dividends of these hires and the changing, you know, is going to do that. They uh, talked briefly about, you know, the, the process as far as the managers. Uh, the one thing that I thought was interesting and in a good way, because I've seen, I've seen this, uh, I've seen this before in the education field where it kind of goes bad is uh you know, don't hire the person that interviews the best, but hire the person that you think has the ability to manage the best. And that was kind of the reason that they, they believe that Joe Ross was the best. Um, some of the questions I thought our listeners would be interested in is, is the leadoff hitter. And, uh, you did know, you, they did, just did basically talked about Ross? how they... <laughs> you called him Joe Ross. Dave Ross, yeah. It, sorry about that. I have no Dude, idea. I, I heard that too. And I just, I wanted to say something, but then I was like, you know what? He's probably talking about some coach that I fucking wasn't aware of. <laughs> no, no, Joe. It's the perfect mix. It's Joe Madden and David Ross put together. And then yeah. there's another guy named Joe Ross who used to play for the Nationals. <laughs> so, We're going to get you a Joe Ross jersey. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they they, uh, they did talk about the struggle with the leadoff hitter. And the problem that most guys have is when they struggle with their mental approach, they try to change it when they get into the leadoff spot and he mentioned Schwarber in the past and obviously Hayward's another good example. Um, but this next clip that Danny's going to play, I, I thought it was an interesting take on analytics and how it's kind of changed from when they were kind of the leading edge, you know, from Boston and then into the Cubs into what's kind of happening now. Yeah. Should I play it? It's 20, twenty four thirty, right? From college over the last couple of years, they're doing really groundbreaking work. But it's just incredible. You know, when I started in baseball, we were analysis Statistical analysis was really just looking at performance, the results that players would get, and trying to predict future performance based on the results. You know, the uh, batting average, you know, base percentage, 
soccer percentage. And then it moved to, okay, well, what's, what's contributing to the results? What, what, what's one of the underlying indicators of other, to produce those results? We look at exit velocity, launch angle, and those things. And in recent years, it's really gone to, well, what is the body doing? Uh, what, what, what are the components of the swing and, and of the delivery that produce the indicators that go on to produce results? And it's being measured at the, you know, very granular level uh, in a scientific way. So now we're gearing all of our training, all of our high performance, strength and conditioning um, work with our players to, to, to produce uh, the type of uh, bodies, physiology, and movements um, that can produce great results. So it's like we're reverse engineering what goes into an effective swing or an effective delivery, and they're trying to train for it. And it's really fascinating stuff. But we've borrowed a lot from college. And they're doing a great job. We hope to do the same. So there's your straw in the gold. There's your there's your pitch lab hit lab. I, I know that's kind of hard to hear. Um, there's a little bit of background noise just in a giant ballroom there. But I, I think what he basically said was, you know, they used to try to predict somebody's performance based upon their last performance. And then they got into, you know, reverse engineering that and seeing why their performance was what it was. And then they reverse engineered that into how did their body move while they were performing that way that made them perform that way on the field in the past. And what does that do to predict the future? Is that kind of what? Right. It's just it? a, the way that, you know, when, when we when we used to talk about statistics and you talk about spin rate and you talk about, you know, velocity or launch angle or any of those things, they would be looking at these and trying to figure out who had the best spin rate, who had the best launch, you know, whose launch angle was, you know, doing the most home runs. And now it's kind of focusing on sort of just looking for those guys that can do that. Are there other guys that if they change maybe different things about their delivery, if they change, how do you get somebody to improve spin rate? How do you get somebody to improve their launch angle? And what does the body look like when it's, you know, hitting home runs a certain way or throwing a curveball a certain way? So, you know, just a lot of the stuff that we've talked about previously in other, other podcasts is uh, the, the focus on the biometrics that's going on right now. Yeah. I mean, it, and really, they're going to wire you all your, your players that they believe in, or maybe even some that they don't, that they're going to wire you all up to electrodes, and they're going to tell you exactly that your hips are moving the wrong way this way, and you need to put more weight on this foot and less on that one. And, and then the question is training your body to do it. Um, and for pitching, it's you know trying to get that little bit of extra spin rate, that little extra drop on the ball. It's all very interesting. A lot of other teams are doing it. I mean, I just... I'm not cynical that it's, you know, I don't, I don't not believe in it. I don't not believe that it's, it could be an effective tool. I just don't know that it's, it can really suffice for actual just talent. Like, I mean, I don't think you're going to now take, you know, somebody who was like an injured college pitcher with some promise and be able to always turn that guy into something special based upon some fucking robot shit. (laughs) Yeah. Because no, I, I, Danny, I I think you're right. If I know one thing, it's that I don't know about robot style. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You can't take the individualism out of it all the time. So it's kind of like a slippery slope. You don't want to like force everybody into the exact same thing. I mean, remember what happened with uh, Jake Arietta? He was with Baltimore, and they wouldn't let him pitch the way that he had always pitched. 
and it fucked him up. And then when he came to the Cubs, they basically said, okay, we're going to let you pitch how you pitch, but we're going to try and make sure that your, your foot is landing in the same spot every time so that at least you're recreating the good pitch rather than kind of going all over the place. So, And that was yeah, an old school it, guy like Basio doing that, not some – pitch lab <laughs> yeah so it'll be it'll be interesting how because they will have to find that happy medium some guys are going you're going to be able to switch them up like maybe they're close to that quote-unquote like uh -oh. perfect pitching uh oh motion. uh oh uh oh i i have a visitor in studio do you recognize that voice it's Dennis. Cardinals fan Dennis in studio. Come on, Sorry, Dennis. Get out of here. Get out of here. That's my drum. Leave leave the drum. That's my new Danny Rocket song for the radio. It's called Fuck the Cubs. They suck. Very creative. Thanks for coming by. Danny, tell him that's why you asked him to recite the words and not write them. And in true terrible baseball luck, he also brought my black cat into the room, a la Ron Santo, 1969. There you go. <laughs> what the fuck? Sorry, I missed everything you said because I was punching Dennis in the back of his head. <laughs> I don't even know. Like, I don't remember what I was saying. I think it was just, oh, if somebody's close to the ideal pitching motion, it'll be easy to get them there. But if they're not, then you're just going to have to figure something out. You know, this kind of goes to the part about where I was talking about how Theo can turn things around. Uh, one of the questions asked was about, you know, how the Cubs have regressed and especially in the last two years, 2018, 2019. And he was talking about the lack of runs in 2018 and 2019. And he says he doesn't see anything on this team this year that's going to change that. And, he's, you know, he brought up the famous trope, you know, the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. And uh, what Theo was talking about is that, you know, he was saying specifically is that development of players is not linear. And I've heard him say that before. And so what he was talking about was that there's tremendous talent still on this team, but it's not manifesting in the games where it really matters. And I, but what he's saying is that they've had made some changes, um, specifically talking about uh, Ian Happ, how he went to Iowa and when he came back, he was much better how Schwarber's strikeout rate went down and had a tremendous second half. So he's saying that even though, yes, last year didn't look good, there are guys that have made performances that should translate better this year. Yeah, I mean, that's the hope. I mean, and that came up at the unconventional as well. And I asked as a final question to the panel, uh, just, you know, how many wins? What are we going to get this year? And a lot of people said, well, you know, most people are predicting, you know, 84 wins, 79 wins, like somewhere right in the middle. And uh, Cerami made a good point. He's like, I'm thinking either 95 or 70. And, and, <laughs> and, and it was just and it was this because you can see a situation in which like Ian Happ is himself that somehow Almora figures it out. Like, I know it's weird Cubs fan hope that Chris Bryant is on the team and is still good, that Wilson Contreras continues to get better, that you, Kyle Schwarber continues on the path that Crawley was just outlining, that, you know, John Lester pitches, like, the best number four in years, that uh, we got 2016 Kyle, Quintana you traded for, you Darvish is a Cy Young candidate, 
And um, Alec Mills is a surprise. And then some of this young pitching that is at the pitch lab, they all figure out an extra spin rate and, the, and they learn a knuckle curve from <laughs> Kit right. Kimbrough. Right. What you're saying is on paper, on paper with the names and the stuff, like it looks great, but they can't have any injuries. It's got to all go right. Yeah, they can't have any injuries and they need a couple of guys to kind of pop up out of the minors, which, by the way, isn't that exactly what happened in 15 and 16? Yeah, well, but maybe it's Braylon Marquez this next year. Like, we need some pitching help and the dude comes up and wins the rookie of the year as as your fifth starter. I don't know. What Sremi's saying is exactly right, and Danny, we talked about that before the Mitch Williams things, that the 1989 team just had everything go right. And and with the talent on the team, and if things go right, and if guys do not get injured, I could see them winning the division, absolutely. It's just one of those things that when, when we went into the 2016 season, and we had just signed uh, Lackey, and we had signed uh, Zobrist, and we signed uh, Hayward, and all this stuff, I walked into 2016. Fowler came back. I walked into 2016 expecting to win the World Series. I'm going into 2020 not knowing what the hell can happen. They could they could be an absolute bust. It could be an absolute success. It could be they could be a 500 team. And any one of those things, if that ends up turning out, that I w- I, I can say I I could well, see that. And there really is, and I know it's kind of buried because we didn't in in the buried in the lack of that. There's no new players, but there is a new manager, which is an old player. And that is very new because it's a total different, totally different culture change that we don't know what we're going to get. But you were in the David Ross panel too, right? I mean, it's not even just the manager. They, they, it's the whole. How coaching. many, how many guys on the coaching staff are back? Well, like I'm trying to think, maybe like two. Well, here's here's some of them. A lot of guys sitting in front of me with iPads. <laughs> there's, the guy, <laughs> there's, there's the iPads guys <laughs> holding yourself accountable. <laughs> so these are the guys that are returning this year. You got uh, Borzello, who's very very important to yeah. this team. Uh, Franklin Fontel still is still here, and that was always a favorite of Joe's. Uh, Hadavi and Ipochi have been here since last year. And Venerable got there in 2018, but we don't know if he's sticking around or yeah. he's, he's his name's being bandied about for the new Astros job that was shockingly uh, opened. Yeah. Um, the guys that are going to be new this year, obviously, clearly David Ross, but he's been here before. Uh, Craig Drivers, your first base catching coach, another catching coach. Uh, Kyle Evans is the senior director, Major League Data and Development. You have Andy Green <laughs> wait, on the bench, former wait, 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 coach. Wait, hold on, hold on. A lot of guys sitting in front of me with iPads. It needs the drop. And uh, you got Mike uh, Napoli, party at Napoli's, who came sporting one hell of a beard, and he's going to be the quality assurance coach. Yeah, and so it's about, it's mostly new, more than half new, wouldn't you say? Or at yeah, least well, half. I mean, Andy Green, did you mention him? So being- I mentioned Andy Green, so seven of these guys right here have either been, it's their first year or second year. Yeah, because, I mean, yeah, Hadavi and I, I Apochi are basically in their second year and you don't right. even know exactly why they were on this team last year. Like did Joe pick them or did Theo pick them type of thing? But that's, that's five new coaches that are brand new this year. Yeah. yeah. And so what, what was your vibe from Ross? I mean, we've, we kind of know what we're getting with him in a way we've seen, we've heard the accountability we've, you know, was it more of that? I mean, it, I how many he, times did he say accountability during the panel? There were, 
far as some ability, um, I I would say you know the thing about David Ross is is he really is kind of a guy that you know people love to hear from, and he kind of has a. It, he's kind of goes back and forth between this aw shucks to a kind of like don't mess with me mat attitude. And so I think we're seeing a little bit more of the tough guy attitude more than we did when he was a player. We knew that it existed when he was playing here, but you didn't really see it as much on the TV. It was the whole Grandpa Rossi, oh, tee hee funny thing going on. You know, I look at him in the little rascal scooter. Now you can kind of see he's, to me, he looks very assertive. Uh, and that, that Grandpa Rossi thing's going to kind of disappear real quick. I would um, love, you know, if- he talked about. I would love if in spring training he rolled in on that thing and then fucking beat it to death with a baseball bat in front of the team <laughs> just to let him know. Yeah. <laughs> and and he kind of there were there were a couple of comments that I, I don't want to say were slight digs at Madden, but you kind of were just kind of like raised an eyebrow a little bit. Um, you know, he, he, he again emphasized the importance of Andy Green, how he's a big help, how he's been through it and has kind of helped him kind of go through some things uh, that him and Andy played together in Cincinnati. Somebody it was like one of the first or second questions. And I kind of laughed because this guy was obsessed with the pajama parties. You know, he said, you know, I really think the pajama parties really helped the team, especially in the later months and get the energy up. And he kept kind of insisting about the pajama parties. This guy sounds like Ross- he's got a weird fetish or something. <laughs> so yeah, Ross- that's the new stat, annual pajama parties. What ended up happening was he said, you know, Ross is going to piggyback off Madden and, and, and some of the things. He liked how he loosened up the culture a little bit, but he stressed to him how important winning was. And he says if the Cubs win, he really kind of doesn't care. They can have all the pajama parties they want, but that most of the enjoyment from playing comes from winning. So that was really the emphasis is that he really believes that he likes what he has here as far as team. He thinks the talent's there and he think and, and he, he, he believes that the team's going to do very well this year. Um, someone asked him what it would be like to move from a coach to a teammate. And, you know, he says there's going to, obviously he wants to, he's willing to have the tough conversations like he always did. And he wants the conversations to go both ways. He wants Rizzo to come up to him and say, if there's something that, you know, the players kind of don't like or something like that, but that he's going to, there's going to be a lot, again, the accountability word coming up that's going to happen. But, you know, Ross believes there's a lot of winners in the locker room, a lot of guys on this team that have won and won in the past, same with the coaching staff. And that's going to be important to him. And he's going to rely on his staff uh, and, you know, the old and new coaches to make him better. And, you know, the one thing that he really kind of stressed, and, and it's the thing I've heard a lot from Theo and Jed and uh, David uh, when they when he did his introductory press conference, is to get players working together more. Less individuality, more everybody kind of working together. And he said that's where a lot of good conversations come from. That's where you learn things is by having groups coming out and taking batting practice. You know, by, by seeing what you, Darvish, or John Lester, what those winners do in their routine and preparation and, uh, you know, bullpen sessions, those type of things. You know, what does it look like when Anthony Rizzo's doing his drills to get ready because he's such a good defensive first baseman? And so that's one of the things that Ross really kind of pushed is wanting to get the team to be more of a team and less a group of individuals. Well, they've got the talent. And, you know, last year the ball didn't bounce their way in any respect, but I think you've got to create your own luck in the sport. You know, you've got to be – you know, you've got to kind of be working together as a unit and all kind of rolling together with a certain sort of swagger and confidence in order for it to, to create your own luck. And I think these guys, I mean, there's a lot of talent on this team, but I mean, they they didn't really, I mean, they didn't shore it up 
with any kind of depth in the offseason. So you're stuck there. Um, you know, that you got a, a rookie manager. Um, you've got a, a lot of new voices. You're just you're you got to depend on a lot of things to go right this this next year. And it's kind of weird that they would choose to go down this path because, you know, that that 70 win team that could is a possibility that sells off halfway through the year to try to shore up for the future is it's not really a good look for the so-called uh, consistently always competing Cubs teams that we were promised when, um, you know, it's, it feels like they're talking out of both sides of their mouth. I guess what I'm saying, it's like, it all looks okay, but they're not really sure it, it, it up. In fact, like in some ways, if things would go well next year, it would feel, it might be really exciting because it feel like 2015 in a way where a lot of guys that you never heard of, um, not maybe never heard of, but, um, you know, guys that, like, let's say you've heard of, like, a Wick, the Wick brothers, like, all of a sudden they, they turn into strope in front of your eyes kind of thing. You know what I mean? And then guys are uh, over overperforming where you thought they would. But I don't know. It's going to take – we're just – I'm going to take a wait-and-see approach, but I'm glad David believes in it. <laughs> you know, like, I guess the guys probably believe in themselves – but you know, it's got it. The pitch lab's got to work. The hit lab's got to work. It's it's all just got to work. And you know, they can say this shit at CubsCon, and then if they go what like eight and fucking fifteen in April, <laughs> you know, then how will we all feel? Well, you know, I'm I'm just you know I was thinking about that insanity question guy the guy that the guy asked and it was like in 2018 they just kind of ran into some real shit ass luck and the Brewers went on a hot streak at the right time and you know they ended up in that stupid wild card game and 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 you know that was bad but there's so much that just kind of went wrong right at the end and then in 2019 you take a look at the end with with Rizzo playing on a on a on one leg with Bryant out, with Baez, with the broken thumb. It's, it's, they were in it until the last two weeks of the season. Well, Ben Zobra's not being there all year. Right, all year. But think no about closer. It. Start the year with, without a closer. With, and a shit bullpen. And, and, shit and, bull. and somehow, there you were with two weeks left in the season and a chance to win it. Yeah, which, which I mean, Cubspiracy, you know, it does not behoove them to run away with the division. It behooves them to play at least two of the other teams in the division to even so that people show up for your damn ball games. And so it's exciting down to the end, win or lose. I disagree because you know if the Cubs are winning, that's a raging party every time. Oh, yeah. Every time it's a raging party. And no offense, I, 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 I spend more on $11, $12 beers when they're winning because I'm all excited and happy. When I'm crabby and they're, lo- you know, and they're losing and uh, it's just miserable, I don't spend as much money. And, and I kind of just kind of sit there miserable and pouting. So I think, you know, you want to win. You want, you, this, you know, and, and this team does have a lot of good parts, but it's just, it hasn't been added to in the last couple of years. And I think that may start to catch up to them. So we'll see. This team wants to win with like 90 91 wins. They they won't do what it takes and that's if everything goes right. They won't do what it takes to be a 100 win ball club like they were in 2016 cuz it costs way too much money and they're obviously going under the 208 million. Pardon the interruption, but you're not a Patreon subscriber at patreon.com/sunranto so you don't listen early or at free. So here's an ad. Uh did you know 
that the Sun Ranto Show has partnerships at all these different corporations. I use air quotes because, you know, corporations are actually people now. But um, if you go to sunranto.com slash shopping, uh, you can buy all your MLB gear and uh, Nikes and uh, lots of different things there. Just go there. You can buy dildos. Honestly, you can. Just click on our links. You buy stuff, and then we get paid. But the most important one is because uh, I know you guys uh, probably are uh, sports fans uh, that you're listening to the Sonoranto Show. Uh, and you might like music. And you might buy tickets on the secondary market at StubHub. And if you do... Go to sunranto.com slash StubHub. Click our link. Buy your tickets. We also get a little bit of a kickback. We have an Amazon search bar as well. Anything you buy on Amazon, please buy through us. And uh, it helps out the show. Uh, Stay on the air. Uh, This is an advertisement for all that crap. And, uh, you know, if you don't need stuff, don't do any of that stuff. Instead... Gamble your money away at mybookie.ag. They are also a sponsor of this show. Uh, go to mybookie.ag. Go to their sports book. Put money on the Cubs to win the World Series at plus 2,000 because you got to believe in Grandpa Rossi right now. That's going to be a huge payout for somebody if the Cubs manage to come through. And, hey, Put your money on the line, mybookie.ag. If not, use our links at sunranto.com slash shopping. Uh, But remember what my bookie says. You play, you win, you get paid. Now back to the Sunranto show. I think last season bothered me a lot more because there was a lot of talent in the bullpen where, where that was such an area of need that you could have addressed. Yeah. And and so and so now the question is like is the window going to close and it certainly will if this team gets off to a slow start because they will that then you will see Chris Bryant go and some team that's in the hunt that's that's the key to you know they need a third baseman and they and if they upgrade that they're going to go to the at least a deep into the playoffs or, or make a good run at it I don't know who it'll be probably the Braves are still out there as the team because Josh Donaldson ended up going to the Twins. But I don't know what else about Cubs Con. Um, I guess a, a little bit of well, news. There was one guy that wasn't there, by the way, is uh, John Lester. Did you guys notice that John Lester didn't show up this year? John week? Lester has not shown up, I think, since 2017. Right. Uh, well, what I thought was interesting is that I turned on uh, the LPGA. And he was uh, there. Diamond Champion Tournament of Champions Diamond Resorts. And uh, who's on my TV but John Lester <laughs> teeing off. <laughs> yep. for him. In an LPGA event this week, they had a, like a celebrity tournament at the same time. And uh, John Lester came in 42nd out of 48 celebrities. He's been doing that the last three years. So it's you, people don't even – he's one of those guys that just really hates being around fans. Like not in a negative way, but just doesn't like the crowds, doesn't like the autographs, would prefer not to do that in any way, shape, or form. Right. No, I just thought it was so funny that here I'm on Twitter and I'm following all the CubsCon stuff, and then I turned on LPGA and John Lester was teeing off. So um, what else happened there? Oh, yeah, I, I should get into the uh, – the Crane Kenny real quick. And um, I got to go to that meeting and that's where we found out uh, an hour before everybody else that they got RCN, but still not Comcast. Um, But here's, here's kind of my takeaway of the Crane Kenny meeting. And you guys are going to love fucking this. So 
<laughs> I'm gonna love fucking this. Oh, you're right in right in its fucking eye. Fuck it in its eye because here's here's what Crane Kenny basically. I mean, they're trying to basically tell us what they want us to write. I don't know how they don't know that I'm not a blogger. I used to cover Cubs convention for Bleed Cubby Blue. I don't anymore. All this information is coming out uh, from me only on this show these days. But um, that what they want us to write is that WGN was actually not ever really free. And th- and their point is that you probably had cable anyway, and that's how you were watching WGN on your cable through your cable box. And unless, and this is what Craig Kenny said, unless you're one of the 12 people that actually use rabbit ears in Chicago, at which point I raised my hand because that is me who uses, right. and there's only six of us in the room, so I'm sitting right next to Crane Kenny. I always make sure I sit as close as possible to that man so that he's got to, like, feel me staring at him right in the side of his face. <laughs> so I love, I mean, there's no reason, I'm a total infiltrator in there, right? So um, anyway, so I, I go, excuse me, I'm actually one of those people who did use rabbit ears to get, Half the games, ABC, WCIU, or whatever would be on, plus uh, AB. Well, I already said ABC, WGN, obviously. And um, he he just kind of looked at me like, "Are you fucking serious?" And I was like, "Yeah, dude." Like, and then I gave it to him, and I, you know, I gave him this much at least. I'm like, "Well, I did buy the antenna, so I guess that wasn't free, exactly." But he, their whole fucking attitude was very dismissive amongst people. They want us to write that WGN was never free. It absolutely fucking was free, but they want us to spin it. And they're in they're allowing us accents. Me, Brett Taylor, Michael Cerami, Sarah Sanchez, we're all sitting in the room. And he's trying to fucking get us to write that WGN wasn't free. Is that not the most ridiculous fucking... Does it, does it make you angry as it makes me? Yes. It does. Good. It it totally sounds like, fuck you, poor people. We don't want you anyway. Yeah. And so then he launches into why um, this is going to be so much better. Marquis, like he didn't even let us ask questions. He was just like, he had his spiel. We are basically Crane Kenny's dress rehearsal for his big speech. That uh, He was just glad he didn't get booed like Tom. Well, we can't boo him right there in the room. I, otherwise, <laughs> that would be I, – I should just burn that bridge. That would have been fucking but, hilarious. Um, but, uh, no, he goes into why Marquis so great. He's like, well, when we were at NBC Sports Chicago, like we wanted to do an Ernie Banks documentary. And then the White Sox were like, well, then we want to do a Harold Baines documentary. So then we never got our Ernie Banks documentary done. So now we can do what we want on Marquee Network. So we're going to – so guess – remember, I believe, I don't know, when we heard about Marquee Network that I was like, oh, it's just going to be Ernie Banks' 500th home run and fucking this old cub. Well, guess what? It's going to be <laughs> Ernie Banks' 500th home run in this old cup. Uh, and uh, Kerry Woods, 20 strikeout games. These were all brought up by Crane Kenny. These as, will play as much ad as nauseum. I love Kerry Woods' strikeout game, I'm kind of tired of it now. Well, Are you guys getting a little like there's a lot the of bad, game? A lot of bad calls in that game. <laughs> well, I'm just like, it's just, I've seen it so many times now. I'm I'm just kind of over that one. Well, I think that, you know, here's here's the thing is 
I am one of those people that real, you know, here's the thing. WGN was the one that didn't want the Cubs later on. They're the ones that started dropping Cubs games. That was a decision. Nationally, nationally. And, Nas- and, nationally, and correct. Nationally, first nationally. That. Well, first nationally, and then and then they only ended up with what, like forty-five games in the end, right. something like that. Right. So yeah, it was it was a that was a bad call on their part, right? And so, and it was also I think WGN Radio that said they didn't want the Cubs in twenty fourteen. Whoops, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So you know, as much as people have that nostalgia. I guess, and I'm not trying to kind of carry Crane's water here, but the days of the way that it used to be with the Superstation for a lot of people who didn't have cable, I know there's a lot of cord cutters, there's new ways, and I think the Cubs have to make that adjustment, I believe. Didn't he speak about having some sort of with with Hulu or something? Well, that's just it, is they don't have that done. So they've got all these small-ass carriers. They've got RCN, and they don't have YouTube TV done. They don't have Hulu done. And all he said to me was that he was they were going to do them all at the same time. And I don't know what that means. My my point of it being though is is that there was a time where there was only two baseball teams you could see if you were not in Chicago, or you know if you were you know if you were in Nebraska or something, you you would end up seeing either the Cubs or the Braves on TV or the Mets. Sometimes the Mets. The Mets for a while, W O R. We used to get that sometimes. But 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 the bigger point is is those days have changed. Now you know what we're going to see. I've always think about the people that would. I can't even tell you how many people, except for the ones that call me a snowflake. How many people like, <laughs> you know, send me messages saying thank you that I was able to see the Cubs con. You know, I, I live out here. I can't make it, or you know, I don't have a. You know, I'm I'm struggling money wise, but I can't go. But I love watching your feeds and stuff like that. Is that for me? I honestly, when I watch TV, I really I have a couple shows that I really like. But if I take a look at my cable and how little shit I actually watch, 95% of what I watch is somehow Cubs related. So do I have to see the Kerry Wood 20 game? No, but there's a lot of great games, whether it was the Bodie game, uh, whether it was the one in 2008 where they make this huge comeback versus the Rockies, I believe. There's tons of games out there that you could watch. I would love to hear Harry Carey call a game again. I'd like to see spring training games. I'd like to see uh, stuff in the Dominican League. There's a lot of co- – the if you've watched any of uh, the Cubs documentaries, Documentaries, the Kerry Wood 20K documentary, not the game itself, but the documentary is fantastic. Um, I've seen a lot of the stuff that they've done on the Cubs YouTube channel where they kind of break down innings and games and stuff like that. I it's did really like good the, stuff. YouTube, the YouTube content from last year I thought was good. I, right. I did like that, and they're expanding that. And, and, and I really enjoy that, and I think I'm going to get a lot out of the marquee network as long as I get it. Um, I was really excited hearing about the talent that's going to be on there. Um you know, uh, Cole Wright, we talked about before. Yeah, he's he's the be, new, new Kaplan. He's a new he's, cap. He's a new Kaplan. And, and there's going to be a lot of guys kind of rotating in and out. So not on a full-time basis, but kind of, you're going to see Mark DeRosa, who the fans love, Dempster, Plesek, Glanville, Glanville, who's one of my favorites, Sutcliffe, who's hilarious, you know, Jason Hamill, you know, coming back. The one that kind of had my head scratching was uh, Pinella. Yeah, he's going to have like his own show, right? Like an actual whole show of Lou Pinella? Is he? No, I think he's going to be. Well, I think kind of what they were saying is that you got Lennon JD. They're definitely coming back. And then they're going to have a third wheel on the broadcast. Um, and that's where DeRosa, Dempster, uh, although oh. I think Dempster might be doing a little bit more of his fucking Harry Carey 
um, late. I think he might actually try. Hey, to get, everybody. <laughs> yeah, I think he might be trying to like actually get like a talk show, like do his late night with Ryan Dempster. I feel like he wants to actually do a show of that. Like, right. I think they're going to give him his own show. I That's my fear anyway. Um, but no, the, Jason Hamill, Carlos Pena, who works on MLB Network, is another one. And Sutcliffe, obviously, um, when he's drunk, very entertaining. But um, it, the real pickup, I think, for them was Glanville because he's the best. He's yeah. just by far smarter than all those people put together. Lupinell's a bit of a head-scratcher just because he's like, look. Uh, well, look. I mean, that's pretty much Lupinella talking, right? No, 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 no. Look here. Look, 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 look. You know, there's some guys out there. was a hilarious uh, Giovanni Soto was there for the welcome back. And he did this hilarious. Uh, he was talking about, you know, they were asking about f- funny things that have happened with managers. And he talked about Lou Pinella and, and he said, you know, I guess Lou Pinella was coaching and wanted somebody up in the bullpen. And they're like, they said, Lou, you know, uh, you, you, you released you, you demoted him to the minors a couple of days ago. And he's like, okay, then get this guy up in the pen. And then, he's, you know, Lou, Lou, he just went on IR. You just told the reporters today. And he guess he looked at Soto and said, well, do you want to manage the fucking team or should I? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, and that's, I mean, and hey, that that's why he would be better if he did actually have a show. Yeah, get, be, a show and a cocktail. <laughs> because, and then um, the other person that I want to talk about is that, and a lot of people are kind of disappointed because she's kind of replacing Kelly Kroll. Not kind of, she is. Kelly McGregor. Is the new? She even took her first name. Fucked up, man. <laughs> no, no, not Kelly McGregor. What's her name? Uh, Lo- uh, I'm, it's not Kelly, is it? I wrote Kelly McGregor because that's like I'm thinking Kelly McGillis from from Top Gun. No, what's her name? Um, Jaeger McGregor. It rhymes somehow. <laughs> this is going to be like the Seinfeld when they were trying to figure out the the, the girlfriend's name that he couldn't remember, but the, they remember it was a. Uh, it was a name for the female body part. Yeah. Do you remember that? The Mulva episode? <laughs> Mulva. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't. Um, I, I never really watched Sign, Seinfeld. Oh my, oh, my God. Come on. I'm the only one that gets this reference here? Well, I just didn't really watch TV. I didn't have a TV for years and years. Like, I just didn't no, even I, have I, one in my I house. Know talking about i remember that one but yeah it was uh this whole episode where jerry was making out with a girl but he couldn't remember her name and he really liked her and and the only thing he could remember was that she used to get teased as a kid because her first name rhymed with a part of the woman's anatomy and him and george costanza are in this deli trying to figure out what the name could possibly be mulva and and it's it's taylor (laughs) mcgregor taylor yeah which is oh yeah it's the uh Cupshire Domus, that's a Cupshire rhyme. Yeah, two last names. Taylor McGregor. Um, but, it, yeah, <laughs> a lot of people aren't happy about her because, um, A, she's the only woman they hired, which was brought up to them at Cubs convention, to Crane Kenny at Cubs convention from the ballroom crowd. And, he's, and he looked up at all the faces that were up there on the board as they announced them, and he goes, Oh, yeah, look at that. Just woman, one woman. Yeah, well, we'll do better in the future. No, he he, say, he did say something like, I could see that's a problem now, looking at it up on the screen. He's well, like, I can, yeah. He, he, up, dude. That's, uh, yeah, that he saw I don't, it then. I, I don't know how 
he and again a lot of this has to do with the marquee is kind of a you know they're putting it together and i and i was going to say i'm disappointed that kelly's not there especially she has a really good relationship with david ross and with a lot would, of the cubs i would be shocked if she is not part of the marquee's rotation when it starts i didn't think they would have this much talent that they do yeah. It really is. I mean, Glanville's the big ad, as I said, but, you know, the, a lot of these guys work nationally. DeRosa big, works They're big names. They're yeah. big names. Please. I mean, so they are spending money on this network. I literally yeah, thought it was not... going to be some guys from like uh, from from Harper College broadcasting program. That was my <laughs> anticipation. Exactly. Here, here's the biggest problem with this, though. Like all the guys, all the people they're bringing in. Great. Good names, whatever. They could be good. Three-person broadcast booths Hate it. do not work. There, There is not one. I, I mean, if somebody out there knows one, hit me up at CubX3. Tell me of a good three-person broadcast booth because I would like to try and listen to it and see what we maybe are in for because it really doesn't matter on the sport either. Every time there's three people in the booth, like it just doesn't work. It's great for podcasts. It's bad for live games. Yeah. Do you have an opinion on that, Crawley? I mean, the, the fact that they're going to be throwing Dempster in there. Um, I, I, I guess I, I want to see how it plays out because I think they used Doug Glanville well when he was on, uh, was a Comcast or WGM, whatever. I think they he used wasn't him well. in the booth. That's Correct. the key. That, yeah. That's what I'm saying is if, if he's in the booth, I'm not going to like it. But if he, if it's one of those things where he comes in on innings or maybe something happens and they kind of go to him, uh, that would work for me. Maybe they're going to do the thing where they take uh, JD out of the booth for like the fourth, fifth, and sixth. Remember when Harry Carey used oh, to yeah. leave and go do radio? Well, he'd radio? go do radio. Yeah, he'd go back and forth. Yeah. I would go down there and watch Harry Carey move from the radio to the TV booth and back. And we'd be like, oh, it's almost the third inning. And we'd run over to where he would do it just so we could scream at him, yeah. <laughs> you know, as little kids. Well, another thing they said they're going to have on uh, the uh, WGN or on uh, the WGN Marquee. Oh, hold on. Marquee. The Marquee Network. <laughs> another is soccer games uh so that is ivy envy is gonna love that now you know that, what now if that they they're giving show up on the their red fa- stars i will be down the red stars are the female soccer team that went to the final last year they're awesome i hate men's soccer though Ugh, it's the worst thing on sports and they also watch. say they have access to three thousand games that were on wgn so They've got one all the, those, too, so they'll be one playing of the, those. I'm sorry. One of the big hires they made is Bob Vorwald, who's really kind of like the man behind WGN for many, many years. So I'm very curious to see. Like I said, I think there's a lot of games that many – again, they they usually show the same three, the Sandberg game, the you know Ernie's 500th off Pat Jarvis and the 20K. But there's a lot of games that I think would be fun to watch. John Baker – Play the John Baker game. All play six the- and a half hours of it. <laughs> right. There, there, there's your whole nighttime. You started at midnight and you let it go till 630 when live TV starts again. Yeah, and then you wake up feeling good as the Cubs. In fact, they should play it every night at midnight. And then you wake up to John Baker winning the game. That's right. Yeah. Oh, that would be great. You wake up at 6 a.m. and you catch the last half hour of that game before you go to work. Yeah. Be awesome. Every day.
So uh, the other thing that, I mean, people asked me to ask this question to Crane. As I said, there was really not a lot of um, ability to ask him questions. He was just doing his spiel mostly. But um, people wanted to know if the uh, renovations going over basically by double how that all happened. And he goes, well, this is kind of what Tom meant. And it was that originally when Tom and family bought the team, they had assumed from the outside looking in um, that it needed three, their people told them they needed $300 million worth of renovations to, you know, be good for another, I don't know, 50 years. I don't know what they're, what they're thinking. So 300 million is what they thought it was going to cost. Crane, who knew who worked for the Tribune and who also worked for um, Sam Zell, knew it was more like five hundred million. So then it ended up being like seven hundred fifty million. So they're walking back that billion number that was getting thrown around a little bit, but um, which it's so funny, like throwing around hundreds of millions of dollars, just in like that's well, a billion dollars. Now it's seven fifty, and you're like, oh yeah, I guess that's less, but not much less. It's like it's two hundred fifty fucking million dollars. Like it's a shitload of money, right? Well, and like Crowley asked or said in his you know, time on the mic that they're not being open with the fans anymore, really. And that's one of those situations. They told you sort of what happened, but let us all feel like it was worse than it really was. Right. And so, and here's the other thing that he's saying happened that every time that they would, you know, be, let's say digging for the clubhouse, the Cubs, new Cubs clubhouse. That's the best in the major leagues that they were digging for it. And then they went down and they saw another team's clubhouse. That was even better than their clubhouse was going to be planned to be. And so Tom's like, I need the best clubhouse. So he's like, here's 30 more million dollars to make it even better clubhouse than the Yankees have. Okay. So then they had to dig under Gallagher way and it took them longer. And so that's what it, what happened was that every time there was a choice in what they were going to do with a section. Tom chose the better thing because that was the right thing to do. And again, guys, this is something we talked about again in the past that, that, that there's going to be whenever you're doing a project, a gutting project, there's going to be you can take that number and easily add more to it. OK, because there's going to come up with unforeseen things that you don't expect that's wrong, etc., the other thing is that the Cubs had to play, had to kind of mess around with different time schedules because of the weather. The weather and, so, and extra and less. They had to pay more overtime, too, because they ended up in the postseason every single year. Correct. Yeah, they ended up in the NLCS at least. So that pushed everything way back. Right. So all these things that just, you know, I knew that that number was going to go up big time, you know, and so – you know, it's not shocking. I, again, I think the problem, my biggest problem with the Cubs, and I did, I talked to Tom for maybe two minutes and just didn't get a good vibe, so I stopped talking to him. And so, uh, and there's other people there, uh, but it just, it just seems like there is a PR problem. There's a lot of good ways you can explain this to people, and they just do a shitty job doing it. Well, you know like, what I mean. Well, I mean, yeah, shitty job. Like you got five bloggers sitting around. You know, you got, or yeah, five of us. All in this room with Crane, with Crane Kenny and Julian Green, who's the uh, who's basically is the spokesperson for the PR person for the Cubs, and they're telling me to write an article called like WGN was never free. 
You know what I mean? Like, that's how I'm supposed to do your fucking bidding for you and try to convince people that are mad about the marquee network that got, you know, that that dub. And I understand the ins and outs of the Superstation being gone and WGN not really being a thing. But the fact is, I got about half the games for free over my antenna in the Chicago area, and now I can't. So don't t- tell somebody like me and assume that I'm not doing that, Mr. Crane Kenny. That I'm not getting these games for free, and tell me that I that I, I that I paid for it because I didn't. It was fucking free, and my antenna cost twenty dollars. So right. it's just straight and, and, bullshit. And when you sit there and you say there's no money, that's just a stupid soundbite. It's a yeah. bad quote. Yeah, everybody d- knows their money now. If you want to say that that money, you know, that there's a budget for baseball ops. If you want to say that we are worried about losing draft picks and international pool money, people are going to take that differently than if you say there's no money. Yeah. Or, if or, you're going to sit or, there and say we spent double on what we thought, don't say that. Say what you did spend and say why you spent it, and it's reasonable to understand that. But if you sit there and you start throwing out stupid quotes and stupid comments, people are going to get upset about it, <laughs> and they're going to hold you to it, and that's what they're going to remember. Everybody always – this is classic PR. Everybody always remembers the mistake. They don't remember the correction. Right. And and also like he's saying there's he's on the radio saying that a he did not get booed. So just to remind everybody, the Marquee Network. I, I, maybe he thinks it's the Marquee Network that right, got booed. The Marquee Network but, got booed. But I guarantee the there there was a big portion of that audience with, that was just waiting for him to say something that they could boo because they wanted to boo him. You know what I mean? Like, they didn't feel right about booing at the top of CubsCon when he came out. Okay, okay. But, Danny, ask me, like, you're a radio guy. You ask me, Tom Ricketts, about being booed. Hey, uh, so, Tom, you, you heard a couple of boos at Cubs convention the other day. Uh, now, I, I, how did uh, that feel? Was that surprising to you? Um, I understand the frustration the Cubs fans are going through. I know things don't look really great right now, but what I'm going to tell you is, we have this great network that's going to be developed, and we're working hard to make sure that they're going to get the games. We want them to see the games. We have a fair deal out there with Comcast. So once this network's up and running, those boos are going to turn to cheers. I'm confident in that. Yeah, that's all you had to say. You didn't have to be like, you're not going to be booed up soon. What you see, Ernie Banks' 500th home run for the 500th time. Or why say that you didn't hear booing? or Just, just don't oh, do God. that. Just I didn't hear anything be about it. transparent. The Marquee Network. <laughs> I was saying boo earns. Um so right. <laughs> you know and then uh so that that is kind of bullshit. And he's also out there saying that there was no magical free agent that the Cubs could even possibly sign that would make the team better. And I think we know that is also not true. I mean I as as half of Cubs Con is wearing please sign Nick Castellanos t shirt. <laughs> exactly. Um and the other bit of news is that they are extending the nets, but they're not extending them all the way to the foul poles. They're just extending them to, I, I guess, what they're calling the elbows of the ballpark, which is kind of right where, um, where like the bullpens used to be, where the right. field kind of juts out. And uh, but so j- just so everybody's uh, clear, uh, it seems like Bartman could still make a play. <laughs> so, <laughs> so so don't worry, we could still have that happen to us again. Um, so I get that's good. I don't know why they're not going all the way to the foul pole, but they're I, not. I think it's just like the physics of it. If the if the stands turn in right there, then any straight ball going that way fast is gonna hit the net anyway. 
That's, like it has to curl around or be a pop fly. That that's that's correct because if you remember, and and this is I hate it because my seats used to be so awesome because I was right above the dugouts, but they took that and they replaced it with new seating, so it does jut out a little bit. So just by physics, like Michael's saying, yeah. And but I have seen I saw a lady take one to the kisser out there, and I don't think it, and it's past the elbows. So, um, yeah, I I actually think that that's not true. I and and here's the other thing Craig Kenny said. He said most of the injuries are in the bleachers anyway, and they don't get nets at all. So like, it's because of uh, you know basically my tie guy elbowing guys and the, the kids in the eye as right, he's right. going for well, a baseball. Yeah. That's the other thing. A lot of people who watch games are not overly athletic. I saw a dude at Coors Field, and it was a foul ball straight up. He was in the third deck. And the ball was almost like at the apex of the flight. And he tried to grab it and it hit him right in the fucking face. <laughs> and like, he lost the ball. Like, I, I don't know. I was watching this thing live. I could not believe what I was seeing. It hit him in the face and he immediately turned around and ran up to the usher because his like face was bleeding. And that was just like a straight pop fly behind him, behind the plate. So I can imagine all these guys out in uh, the bleachers drinking heavily and getting a, you know, a hundred mile per hour home run ball coming right at well, them. Well, they, they fall over too, because yeah. it's just the bleachers and you're, they're drunk. They stand up and they can't even stand. So they just fall right the fuck over. So anyway, that's the, that's a little bit of a change there, but uh, they're not taking them all the way to the foul pole, which to me was a bit of a surprise. Um, I, I think that uh, Cubs convention kind of. Fitted. You know how much money they saved doing that, Danny? That's going to be like uh, that's going to be two relievers next year. Well, two split deals, maybe. <laughs> so, uh, in on Sunday morning, I did not go down there. Did you go down to um, down on the farm or uh, the old timers crawler? You went to that, right? Yeah, I love the old timers. They always crack me up. I think they got the best stories. They're the most fun. They're the most relatable. So I did. I did see that you had a. Uh, Dawson, Dernier, Matthew Sandberg, and Lee Smith. And they're just really funny. And Wayne Mesmer is one of my favorites. You know, I love bingo. And and for those of you asking. Yeah, you lost again. <laughs> we already know. I, I asked <laughs> I asked uh, Cubs druggist who had just come uh, to the un- unconventional from bingo. I go, did Crawley win? He goes, uh-uh. <laughs> I was like, oh. It was, it was quite disappointing. But I love Wayne. And he's one of the funniest moderators. Um but it was really funny. You had Sandberg, like I said, Dawson, Smith, all these guys. And the funny thing about it, you know, they're, they're just good guys to listen to, and they got great stories. But they kept giving uh, Dawson shit. I, I mean, Danny, you know this because you got a death certificate signed by Dawson. Mm-hmm. But he uh, he owns a funeral ro- uh, home in Miami, and uh, he was talking about it. And the funny thing that he kept kind of is that all the players kind of kept giving him shit, but on their phones, not in front of everybody. So every time Dawson would look at his phone, he would have some sort of text from Dernier or Lee Smith or something like, can we get a group discount on a, uh, on a burial or, or is it cheaper to get a mausoleum or, or a grave? They just kept giving him shit. <laughs> it was just kind of funny and enjoyable that they were kind of ragging uh. on him. And stuff. They're really funny guys. Yeah, that that is a good and it's always fun because you know everybody's kind of hungover. It's like nine or ten in the morning the next day after a long night for some of these dudes, and I know everybody and and so people, you know, you know the morning after you've stayed up too late and got drunk, how you can just kind of be a little bit extra emotional 
It seems like that happens in that room a lot with the old timers. Absolutely. Absolutely. I would like, we are all like, you know, everyone's crying and yeah. like, no, I've all, it's all just hangover feelings. Yeah, exactly. Hang, hangover, hangover emotions. And, uh, well, well you were doing that. I was, uh, eating brunch with, uh, Corey and Tawny Finneran and I had, and they had to check out of their Airbnb and they had their dog with them. So they brought their dog over. Well, and so when, while we went to brunch, um, I had a couple Bloody Marys to kind of get that, you know, rejigger the night before. And while that was all happening, um, fittingly, a fitting end to Cubs convention weekend was Corey's dog Rizzo taking a giant dump on my floor. (laughs) So that was... That was... I mean, it was huge. The dog, I guess, is uh, poo shy. And uh, in the city... Literally. Yeah, in in the city, will not um, poop... Like on a leash, because Corey lives in the country, so all weekend long the dog wouldn't eat or poop, and so then Corey brings the dog over to my house. Then nobody's watching the dog for five seconds. It takes a big dump in uh, Nicole's office. So oh. <laughs> it got and then uh, got in a fight with my cat. So it, you know that it was a, <laughs> that was really quite the fitting end to Cubs convention weekend for me is to have Rizzo take it a dump on my floor. So um, there is a little bit of Cubs news. I mean, we're already so far into the show, um, so I don't know if how much you want to get into it, but the Cubs did get a bunch more guys while nobody was looking. Everybody was paying attention to Cubs convention. And in the end, meanwhile, the Cubs are signing a uh, shitty old catcher named Josh Fagley <laughs> to a minor league deal. Um, he's probably the new Taylor Davis, who I think signed somewhere else. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Baltimore. Baltimore. He might actually be up with the big league club over there. Um, But Josh Fegley was with the A's last four years. He's a weak hitting catcher. He had the most played appearances of his career last year. Um, Batted 239, 282 OBP. And his framing metrics were some of the worst in the league. So I have no idea why the fucking Cubs side Josh Fegley at all. Any, any, anyone give me a little help here with this one? He's cheap. Yeah, but he's not good. I, that's all I got for you, man. I can't give you, you he, want logic. I can't give you logic on that one. He's alive. He I can't mean, they, hit. He they can't do catch. have to fill out that spot in Iowa. Right. Yeah. I mean, you can't have nobody there. He's got a pulse. Yeah. So there you, there's our, there's your depth that they're not getting. Um, they also signed, this is another head-scratcher, Tyler Olson, a 30-year-old loogie in the first year where you need to face at least three batters. Um, There's a minor league deal, six hundred fifty grand if he makes the team. Also, uh, quote-unquote, cheap. He's bounced around between the Mariners, Dodgers, Indians, and Royals, and um, he has an 87-mile-per-hour fastball. Nice. I said 87. Oh, yeah, wow. that's uh, <laughs> that's beautiful. I mean, fucking what? What's wrong with Carlos Zabrano? At least, yeah, at least Zabrano's going to right? Yeah, I would so much rather have him on just for the fun of it. So there's another head scratcher, a loogie who throws eighty-seven out of the out of the, for the pen if he makes the team. Was Carlos Zabrano at the thing this weekend? Yeah, he was there. I was going to say I thought I saw something about him being there. It would be nice since he is. You know, doing some pitching out in Rosemont, like bring him in 
just for a trial, just see where he's at. Why not? I mean, I was kind of surprised. I mean, the, the whole thing with Sammy Sosa not ever being invited back, that's a much bigger deal. But things didn't obviously end very well with Zambrano and the Cubs. So it was kind of surprising to see that, you know, he's kind of in the world of us. Again. Yeah, he shows up at games sometimes, and I think it just comes down to Zambrano apologized to a team that he never played for. Or maybe he was in the last year of the of the Ricketts owners, or in the first year of the Ricketts ownership. Could be. Uh, yes, he was there because he threw the pitch to Jason Hayward. It was the first game the Ricketts, under the Ricketts ownership, and he gave up a home run to Hayward. Yeah. Yeah. It was a Grand Slam yeah, Can't remember. Yeah, he. Get, it was like eight to nothing at the end of that first inning. It was, I think, the last opening day I spent in New York City. Yeah. Okay. So, so at least he was on the team. So maybe apologizing makes sense. Yeah. Well, I'd rather fucking Sombrano than Tyler Olson. I guess I don't know. Who knows? Um, and then another guy they got was Ch- Casey Sadler, which his name is just Sadler. <laughs> it's sad. <laughs> right. And listen to this guy. Uh, well, we got him for in a trade, actually, with the Dodgers for Clayton Daniel, who's a minor league infielder with two with his na- first and last name switched. His name should be Daniel Clayton, which is a, a, a proper name. So Sadler uh, was very sad when he had Tommy John surgery in 2016, which, uh, of course, and uh, that, by the way, that was also the year the Cubs won the World Series, if you uh, recall. People forget that. Yep. And in the 2019 <laughs> season, uh, he was with the Rays and the Dodgers. And according to Brett over at Bleacher Nation, uh, he got kind of uh, really good results despite bad peripherals. Uh, he had a 214 ERA in 46.1 innings. So that is good. But he has a 4.38 FIP. See, he was on the other side of that cheating scandal. He was being told which pitch the batter was looking for. No, I gotcha. So yeah, he was he was outperforming his peripherals. Um, sixteen percent K rate, um, six point seven walk rate, fifteen point eight percent soft contact rate, and a thirty seven percent hard contact rate, and a fifty one point eight ground ball uh rate. But here's the thing. He's a spin rate guy. He's gotten his spin rate way up, and so he's Mr. Mr. Welcome to Pitch Lab, which I keep forgetting to play the uh, Welcome to Pitch Lab. He's going to Pitch Lab. Sadler's at Pitch Lab, and another Pitch Lab guy is Jason Adam, who has also two first names. This is going to be a theme with this bullpen this year, I think. Um, check out this dude. They got him from, uh, he was on the Blue Jays uh, recently, but he's had four elbow surgeries and missed the entire 2015 and 16 seasons after being traded by the Royals to the Twins in 2014 for Josh Willingham. The Blue Jays picked him up near the end of spring training last year, and he had control problems with a walk rate over 11%, but his spin rate is off the charts. So he has like, the body parts of four different dead people. Correct. What you're saying. Yeah. Okay. And wasn't it, wasn't that the same line on Tyler Chatwood best spin rate? Yeah, it was, it was that what was how they spun him. Yep. <laughs> spun His him spin on... rate was, and is great. 
Honestly, it just doesn't go near the plate. Yeah. <laughs> it's I I'm already sick of talking about spin rate <laughs> this year and the season hasn't even fucking started yet. And if I have to sit here and listen to how this guy's spin rate is amazing as he walks the bases loaded. I, I'm going fucking shoot somebody because they're like, no, no, there's spin rate of 3,600 miles of freaking blah, blah, blah. It's f- four flip-a-flaps per second. <laughs> you know, God, I remember, I think it was Cubs versus Cincinnati. It was the Club 400 road trip to Cincinnati. And uh, I was able to get some seats really, really close to the t- Cubs dugout. And they had to play a double header that day. And the first game, Chatwood, I want to say, walked the bases loaded and then walked in the winning run in the the top of the 10th. It was an ab. Oh, my God. You should have heard some of the things I said to Tyler Chatwood about his spin rate. <laughs> exactly. Well, I would spin rate it over the plate. Yeah. I mean, and that's just it. It's like, you know, you get a lot of movement on the ball. I mean, that's how spin rate works is that you get just a little bit more of that movement where the guy's not going to be able to track it the whole time, or he's going to think it's going to go one place. It goes another. And then you, you induce some shitty contact if, if contact at all. And that's all fine and good. But like, you know, if you see that a dude just can't throw it over the plate, you know, with this amazing spin, that's the thing is like, you know, talked to Mitch Williams a couple of weeks ago, and I'm sure his spin rate, I don't know if they even measured it back then, but sure, it was amazing. <laughs> but it fucking nearly killed people because he didn't know where it was going. I am i don't know what Dylan Maple's spin rate is, but I'm sure it's quite good, but he can't fucking pitch in the major leagues. So, you know, like, it's, kind of, it's an interesting conversation because, you know, every now and then when I'm listening to sports radio, you know, I don't really like football talk that much because I, I can care less, to be honest. But it was interesting because I was listening to them talking about a former Bears GM. And the problem, he says, sometimes is in football, they have this combine where where these guys fall in love with guys that can jump really high or run really fast, which is all great that you're that athletic. But the question is, do you come from a winning program and can you play football well? Which sounds kind of dumb, but that's the thing is you can have all the great spin rate in the world. If you can't control it, it doesn't mean shit. Yeah, and that's kind of where I'm at. And and. You know, maybe they're going to figure that out, how to make well, these guys. And I, and I think I saw an article uh, or I saw something on Twitter just today talking about spin rate in these. In order to get the spin rate, you're in an enclosed environment so that they can set up all the cameras and all the bullshit to, to measure that. You know, and so, yeah, you're getting good spin rate in there and you're doing all the things you need to do in that, like, little tunnel. But then when you get into a fucking game – into like you know, forty thousand people yelling and Mike Trout's in front of you, and there's a guy on second. You know what I mean? Like there's a fucking whole different atmosphere. And at that point, you know, you just need a Ted Lilly, just fucking well, just and, bulldog. Well, then it comes down to the old school shit, like pitch selection, and you know, hopefully they don't know what's coming because of a banging garbage can. But like, you know, can you mix up pitches? Can you mix speeds? I mean, you know, can you mix your spin rates? I guess, you know, can you throw it straight sometimes when they think it's going to go crooked? I mean, there's going to be a lot more to it. You know, the question is, can you put it in? Are you a winning? Do you know how to win out there in a competitive way with the other guy trying to beat you? And and that still counts for a lot. And if it was just about spin rate and nerding out, I might not even really like baseball that much anymore, to be honest. Like if I'm, if I have to sit and listen and make it seem like I'm taking a fucking, um, you know, physics class to watch a baseball game, 
I might be out soon. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'd be like, oh, God, I might just watch it for the afternoon nap. Right. No. And, and you know, and we're kind of getting there. We're into the situations where, like, nobody really steals anymore. Uh, the bunt is going going away. It's just, like, hit a home run or a hard fly ball. And the three true con- the three yeah. true outcomes. Yeah, yeah, it's a three true outcome game. It's like watching, it's like watching little league, right? All the kids either strike out or they walk, except for the one kid on the team who fucking cranks it. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. everybody hates little league baseball. Trust me. Yeah, I have coached way too much of it. It is, it is so hard just to deal with watching how bad the baseball is. Well. Here's a story that you don't want to come back, but here it is. Um, it looks like Brandon Morrow is on track. <laughs> like those, uh, I'll just stop there, right? <laughs> I, I saw that tweet, and I, and I replied. I'm like, oh, my God. It's the first uh, Brandon Morrow's on flat ground tweet of 2020. Yep. But he's going to start with the rest of the spring staff. He's on the same schedule they'll be. So they'll be eating Jed Hoyer's macrobiotic breakfast along with the rest of the bullpen and minor leaguers. Um, So, I mean, hey, if that really does work out and Morrow is on the in this bullpen and he pitches the whole year and it's good, that will will be one of the greatest signings. Well, it'll be the only good signing. I mean, it'll be one of the best signings of this offseason. But I don't trust it. I don't well, trust any well, I mean, of this shit. That's that's the way it is with everybody. Like if if they come out and they have a great season, then who gives a shit? Like it's great. They did they did the right thing. Whether it's an eighteen point four million dollars for Hayward, but he has a great season, we love it. Or it's a six hundred and fifty thousand for Morrow and he has a great season. We love it. Like yeah. it's all anybody wants. Crazy good seasons. Yeah, just fucking play well, goddammit. Yeah. Why um, can't you do that? Throw fucking strikes, please. <laughs> so, and then uh, I, I guess we don't have to talk about the Astros, but boy, did that fucking fall apart on them this week. Uh, they cheated so bad and the players cheated and that's, and those guys aren't even getting punished. And like, they were all acting like assholes at little Astros fest this weekend. Well, we were at Cubs con, the Astros were out there being assholes at their fest and they all cheated and they should be booed like Tom yep. Ricketts and the marquee network <laughs> and you know, all these people, all these people talking shit about fires coming out and, you know, bringing this up and breaking this scandal. Uh, by the way, the entire Astros, like, fucking team blamed Alex Cora. Wasn't he the one or was it Beltran? They were like, oh, it was all his idea because he's not on the team anymore. Well, it's always like that one Cora, like, group of friends Cora do something lost wrong his... and they blame it all on one person that they don't really like. Yeah, they're all blaming Cora, and then they're all blaming uh, – and Beltron's out, though, as Mets managers. The three managers lost their heads. Yeah, yeah over this thing. But I, I just think it's funny that they're like, oh, fires is terrible for snitching. Well, that's exactly what Astros did on, on the two guys that aren't on their team anymore. They're all like, no, it was all that dude. And then not only that, but it was a big story with Jessica Mendoza, who has was doing uh, – what was it? Uh, Sunday Night Baseball – she works for the Mets in a part-time capacity as well as a journalist, which is a total conflict of interest. And, and blamed fires. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh, such a bad look. Yeah, and a lot of people were really disappointed. That was 
it's that was really bad. Yeah, because <laughs> I stupid. Jessica Mendoza is pretty much the only thing a lot of people like about Sunday Night Baseball. I mean, for the most part, Joe Buck and A Rod are horrible, and Jessica Mendoza is the voice of reason usually. And so, for her to have that take was, I think, pretty disappointing to people. So, yeah. I mean, well, but, for but, anybody uh, to have a take that you shouldn't. You shouldn't be a whistleblower when shit is going wrong. To have that take is a bad take. No matter what part of society you're in, people are breaking the laws, you know, cheating, doing all this shit, ruining the game, ruining society, whatever. Somebody should fucking speak up. Like, you don't then blame them. And, and just for the record, I know people don't like Joe Buck, but Matt Vichisarian is the uh, play-by-play for Sunday Night Baseball. Yeah, Vasgersian. Yeah, you were thinking of uh, oh, right, Fox right. News or Fox You Sports. know what? I don't even watch any of it because when it's on those national broadcasts, I just listen to the radio because I can't take it. I, yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll listen to absolutely nothing if I can't. Yeah, I don't listen. To, I don't listen to those, and I know I'm missing a lot of b- things that I can make fun of, but I, I just can't take it i i will i'll listen to like maybe two innings sometimes i'm like oh, i want to see this and i can't do it so i just go and i start like cleaning the kitchen with the radio on <laughs> instead because I'm, it makes me much happier even though i'm cleaning the kitchen than as opposed to sitting on my couch i don't know that's just me yeah no the the guys in the booth and, and again that's a three-person booth it's always a three-person booth and it's the fucking two guys just talking about whatever story they want to talk about and not the actual game. Like the speed of Albert Almora. Oh, yeah. What yeah. did you have about getting into it with Albert Almora? I didn't get into anything. I just put out what it what I was thinking the lineup was looking like. No, no, no. What he's talking about. I, I Me and Almora. Oh, oh Crawley. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I know. I had people giving me shit about having Almora in my lineup yesterday on Twitter. And I honestly just fucking forgot about Hap. <laughs> So, so just with Almora, you know, this is a fan festival. Let's kind of keep this in mind, you know, where you try to treat the fans pretty well and all that stuff. And um, Albert was signing in for Comcast. A lot of the players, Chris Bryant, Wilson Contreras, they signed for free at Comcast stores this last year. And I went there and, and he has this handler that's with him. You know, he's the guy that's supposed to like, you know, I don't know. He's like, he looks like a, like a little bouncer type guy. He's not like a big guy, but he's like this guy, guy with a scowl on his face every time you kind of go up there. So I gave him this photo. I have this special pen that I get things signed in. And I said, can you just write your name? And then 2016 WS champs inscribe it. And at Comcast, he said, no. And he just took the picture or I'm sorry, Elmore took the picture and the guy next to him, his handler says, no, I'm, I'm not going to inscribe it. He's not doing inscriptions. So he signs and I'm like, well, you know, it's a free event. You know, I'm not going to sit there and, and piss and moan about it, whatever. Just walk away. Not a big deal. So this time around, you know, my belief is this is this is it for Almora. He's about done after this. So I really, really wanted to get this autograph because I'm collecting all these eight by tens that say dub, same pen uh, autographs, 2016 WS champs, whatever. So I buy a voucher off somebody for a hundred dollars, which means I get a guaranteed autograph for Almora. And I walk up to the line and I see that effing handler again. There, there he is with that scowl on his face. So first of all, who brings a handler to CubsCon? I like, like who brings their little agent to 
Cubs con while mm. you're doing the signing. Just a bunch of horseshit to begin with. Okay. So then I go up there and I'm not going to give it because I already had to rebuy this photo once. I'm, I'm holding on to my pen. I said, can you just sign right here and write 2016 WS champs? And once again, this guy goes to me, he's not doing inscriptions. And I said, okay, he's not doing them at a fan fest. No. I'm like, okay, do you want any money or something? What's your issue? And he's like, no, he's just not doing inscriptions. I'm like, okay, fine. And and he's like, we'll sign it for you. I'm like, well, I get that, but I'm looking for the inscription. And finally, he's like, here, I'll sign it. I'm like, no, it's okay. He's like, you don't want anything signed? Elmore tells me, you don't want anything signed? I'm like, no, I'm good, man. And I just took my picture and walked away. Oh, yeah, dude. Fucking don't <laughs> need it. Don't, don't need it. But dude, what here's, is the fucking problem yeah, just with writing a tiny little World Series champs? Yeah, to all he's got to write, like, d- quit being such a bitch and just write that shit. It's not dude, like, now, do you feel like that's just a handler being a dick? In that, if you had why, actually asked why? Almora, he probably would have just done it. Or no, is think, that just their whole thing? I think he brought his handler with him so his handler could be the bad guy, dick. And then all of a sudden, you know, Almora was incredulous that I didn't want his stupid ass autograph. Yeah, I love it. And uh, I'm just like, no, I don't want your fucking autograph pretty much is how it kind of went. And there's Andre Dawson next to him, an actual Hall of Famer signing pretty much whatever anybody wanted yeah, he's, being a really nice guy about it. I got a death certificate from a Hall of Famer, and yeah. there's El Mora won't even write 2016 yeah. World Series chip. Come on. Yeah, seriously, dude. Don't don't big-time people at a fan fest when you're barely on the team. Oh, that is fucking terrible. Yeah. That is it, – it is such a – I mean, of the things – people would want you to do it is one of the simplest and here's the thing man there, <laughs> there are people that can abuse it and ask for multiple inscriptions and then turn around and flip it and blah 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 i get that but 2016 ws champs that's what you're known for that's who you are you are a 26 ws champ everyone's going to ask for that i wasn't going to i didn't bring them up a game used item or any anything like it was just a real simple inscription on a photo and you just had to be an ass about it so guess what you didn't sign my picture and i can give a shit yeah that's yeah. fucked up that's I, stupid. I, I love that you didn't let him sign anything, though. It's just, <laughs> that is Walk the best right up part the stage. of that. That is so good. That is so good. I, and you waited in line how long for that shit? 35 minutes. Exactly. 35 minutes, not not worth it. Because you're not going to get shit for his actual autograph anyway. No. no well, you, you're not going to get shit for his autograph, even with the World Series. That's a specific thing, what you're trying to do. Collect, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like that's... That's ridiculous. And it's not like you're in it to sell it. You're in it to hold it's, on to this stuff in it because it makes you happy. It makes me happy. It means a lot to me that 2016, obviously, like all of us, really kind of has a special place in our heart. And, and for those that don't know, I'm, also, I'm, I'm a history major. Okay, I studied history. So I just kind of combined my passion of, of the Cubs and history. And so that's, you know, it's, I'm not trying to make any money off this. I'm not trying to screw the guy over. It's just for me. That's it. Now, sometimes I have stuff that I trade or sell, and and, and but I'm never kind of in it. Just most of the time, if I'm selling something, it's because I had to double or something didn't turn out right or something like that. You know, something wasn't exactly to my specifications because I get OCD about it. But, you know, it's just something that I wanted and, and just had to be a dick about it. Well, I've that's not the first time I've heard about Albert Almora being a dickhead. So, really? No, 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 no. Uh, yeah, t- talk to... Uh... Talk to an, another po- podcast that will be soon the um, the formerly longest running Cubs podcast uh, in Cubs baseball. Sorry to be oh. so roundabout, but I don't want to be like, yeah, yeah, talk to that guy. Okay. See, now, I, 
I'm always thinking people are hating him so much just because of what he's doing on the field, but he's an asshole off the field. I guess. Eh, okay, that's I, that I makes have, a little I more have been sense. Told this, yes, I have been told this. Um, yeah, that that makes a little more sense why there's such vitriol out there for him because, you know, I I get it. He's not very good on the field, but he hasn't always been terrible. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. And like I said, just 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 kind of a dickish move. That's yeah. all in my opinion. Yeah, that see, now that makes way more sense. He's kind of a dick. I've heard he's kind of a dick. And uh we're getting more and more confirmation of that. So uh speaking of dicks, let's do uh TFCs, huh? And get out of here. we we're we're at like two hours right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just just talking about Cubs convention. I'm not surprised at that. I um I got a bunch of these, so let me go first. Um, at least one time. Um, did you know that you Darvish it was uh, quoted? And this is a Japanese translation, but he said, "You you should read Darvish's thinking seriously." Japanese guts rejected by Darvish. Why are talented people born in America without guts? <laughs> Basically, <laughs> what he said. Um, and then uh, you, Darvish, I guess this is another – I think this is related, is what – when um, – who Paul Sullivan wrote in the uh, the uh, Sun-Times. It was Sun-Times? Yeah. Right? Paul, Paul Sullivan's Trib. Trib, 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 yeah. Paul Sullivan writes in the Trib about how, like, you, Darvish, needs to, like, stop tweeting with people. And um, you, Darvish, right, wrote – some people in the United States say this is what professional baseball players should be like. In essence, don't refute on Twitter and focus on baseball. So he's he pushed back a little bit. I got one from our hero, my tie guy. This TFC here from my tie guy literally made me spit out my drink. He wrote down confirmed. Bleacher Jeff banging the Hornito sign in left field was not relaying signs to hitters. All he wanted was another old style. Beautiful. Yeah. I got one more you Darvish. For those of you that don't know my uh, Bleacher Jeff, if you, when you hear somebody kind of get the crowd kind of going with the chance. Doom, doom, doom. Yeah. I've I've hit that thing. Yeah. Bleacher hits it. I hit it. Um, uh, uh, Oh yeah. Bleacher Todd hits it. So I thought that was hilarious. And you, Darvish, had another one, too. And this is actually the one I wanted to start with. But if the Dodgers are planning a 2017 World Series parade, I would love to join. So if that is in the works, can someone make a you garbage jersey for me? (laughs) (laughs) And I saw that the Dodgers are coming to town in August. Like, we we should throw them a little bleacher party. If you Darvish pitches on one of those games, like let's get like let's like celebrate his Dodgers World Series victory with you garbage jerseys. That's funny. Yeah. You got one, Michael? I do. Mine is not baseball related. It's just it was a baseball person that retweeted it, but I liked it. So this is from Wint. Uh the doctor reveals my blood pressure is four twenty over sixty nine. I hoot and holler out of the building while a bunch of losers are trying to tell me I'm dying. I just thought that was funny. <laughs> 420 over 69. Yeah, 420 over 69 seems like a, a real ranter thing. How about this one? Juliana Zobrist, who is is back to being quite active on Instagram. Um, 
is she wrote, there is something beautiful but beautiful about all scars of whatever nature. A scar means the hurt is over. The wound is closed and healed, done with. Quote by Henry, Harry Cruz. And somebody, one, wrote, are you friends with John Lester? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. yeah. Yep. All right. That's, that's what he, I guess, I guess that he thought that appropriate. That's all I got. Oh, no, no. I do have one more. It's an old school one. I told you I had a lot. Um, Koji Uihara on Twitter. You know, you, you remember Koji. Koji says. Oh, yeah. Of course. In the show. Uh, he wrote, and this is also translated from Japanese. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Emoji. I haven't really trained since I retired, so I can't sleep very much. Dot, dot, dot. Emoji. What the hell do you want? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's all. I think all I got. What the hell? What, was he responding to something or? No, I just, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's totally taken out of context. Yeah, that's hilarious. So now that uh, Cubs convention's over, I guess it's now just spring pitchers and catchers and spring training and a goddamn baseball season coming up. Are you guys ready for this shit? Yeah, pitchers and catchers like three weeks. Spin rates and pitch and hit labs. Yep. <laughs> that's yeah. what. As long as I can watch the games and as long as I get a little sleep tonight, I think I'll be happy. Yeah, I think we all need a little bit of calm before the storm. Um, well, should be fun. <laughs> I, got, I hope. No, I hope we get the Michael Cerami ninety-five wins instead of the seventy-five, because that would actually be a fun, a fun season and a surprisingly fun season. But we shall see. Um, yeah, it would be nice if they could put some uh, nice long streaks together. Yeah, that like, seems to be one of the things we've been missing that kind of sucks. Like, there just haven't been a lot of good long stretches no of roles. good baseball, yep. you know? Yep. It's been a while. Yeah, it's always terrible and then really good and nothing in between. Yeah. So there's our show. Thanks for listening, everybody, especially our Patreon supporters, uh, who we've gotten a couple new ones. I, I don't have it pulled up um, who it is. Sorry. But, but thank you so much for subscribing on Patreon. It means the world to us. And um, we're, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's go. Spagog. 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 Wrote a little song with Kenny Rogers about Tom Ricketts not showing up to Cubs convention. Again. Everyone considered him the coward of the Cubbies. He won't come out to face the fans out at the convention. Poor little frightened Tommy. Belly's turning yellow. He doesn't want to hear complaints that he cut off the funds. After 2016, we were chanting, Thank you, Tommy. Now Cub fans are angry and he doesn't want to come. He went way over budget. So come spend all your hard-earned dough out at the Sheraton. Better show up if you want to own the Cubs. Looking like a chicken to the fans. 
Tom can't take the heat, but he'll take all your money. Selling Budweiser beer, ten bucks a can. And next year he still wants you in the stands. Everyone considered him the coward of the cubbies. Come on, Tom. We love you and your family. We want to see you. Come on out to CubsCon. Give us a panel. Huh? I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders, while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure. 
how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. 